Welcome back, Upper East Siders. After a long, hot summer away, I see it didn't take much time for you to dirty up the clean slates I gave you. My inbox is overflowing, so let's get to the good stuff, shall we? Spotted Chuck Bass up to his old tricks. Poor B. I guess nothing good lasts forever. <laughs> That's fucking painful. I said no chiming in. <laughs> Talking about their favorite scenes on the silver screen, they'll try to stay on theme. Who said that this podcast was spoiler free? It's time for single best scene. Hi, I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene. This week's episode Gossip Girl. XOXO. So exciting. Sophie, how did you find Gossip Girl? I was a teen. What? <laughs> we were like, what, sophomores, juniors, something like that? I think um, Gossip Girl would have been sophomore. Oh, sophomore year? 2007? Math is tough. We were in high school. <laughs> it was too, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just right up my alley. I was like into fashion and, you know, London, you know New York and everything. So um, it was right up my alley. What about you? That's so tr- one that is true because I remember, I think that's the, when you started going to New York with your mom and you would like go to the mm-hmm. Met and like do all of the mm-hmm. yeah. Gossip Girl we, things. I did one of the Gossip Girl tours, yeah. in fact, yeah, from like a big bus. <laughs> I mean, and my intro is just, I mean, I, I don't think there's a way I could say this a different way. Um, teen drama, yeah. CW, mm-hmm. I was already like deep in One Tree Hill fandom right. and it came on after One Tree Hill. So right. like it would have been harder for me not and to And you'd already it. seen those, see? Yeah, I had already yeah. seen those, see. So and I, I already like pretty liked, yeah. And I wish I could remember at the time, which I'm not going to like waste everyone's time listening, thinking mm-hmm. about this. If I knew enough about showrunners as a sophomore yeah. in high school, I don't remember when I kind of got into the behind yes. the scenes. I mean, you could have been like, oh, they're both by the same person. Cause that might've been something that I they were that promoting anyway, were. like in an interview or something. Yeah. And then knows. I just remember their advertising. Oh my God. The OMFG <sighs> like law, like all of that stuff was so insane. And so good. They really advertise like nobody's business. It was amazing. And like their, this show making their own show scandalous made it more popular because like, I mean, some schools and stuff like banned it. Mm-hmm. I heard like on the Upper side and like across the country, I'm sure like conservative parents and people or whatever would be like, tell their kids they weren't allowed to watch it. But um, of course this entire show is like hyper meta and like, we'll bring it up a lot. But like the, they did this repeatedly and it worked every single time. And it is literally the foundation of the show of like the cool girl and then like being cool because they're a little edgy, a little risky, breaking the law a little bit. And like everyone else wants to be them, but they're also afraid of them. And so like the Gossip Girl team marketing their show as this like edgy, risque show mm-hmm. also made it super cool and made all the teens dying to watch it. And the parents not allowing kids to watch it fed into it. I and know. made it even more like scandalous and like more desperate to watch it. And I don't know, it was just brilliant. I know we said we were going to save this stuff till the end, but so Sophie, because our parents, we obviously grew up across, across the street from each other, sort of. And Sophie texted me on, on Saturday and said, I just put <laughs> Gossip Girl articles I printed them out and put them on your parents front porch go outside and get it so I have annotated um, things but one of the things that it said in here which I just found to be so hard is that they had a hard time making money on the show 
Really? That was one of the quotes that one of these articles said, which makes absolutely no sense to me. This was in the era, though, between live and streaming. They had not figured, nobody had figured out how to monetize streaming yet. They didn't get the ad ad dollars in there yet. They hadn't quite, they were all, they were trying way too hard to do product placement. They hadn't shifted to the, you know, Hulu, YouTube ads that we now know and hate. Um, And I think it, granted, this transition helped and hurt them. Right. I think. Well, and like it says here, it was like, as a show. It had the number one most downloaded spot on iTunes, yeah. which makes sense consistently to me because, and also that it had like the most streams because you could watch free episodes of the week after on the mm-hmm. CW app with right. TV, like it was like CWTV.com, which yeah. I used to rewatch the episodes uh-huh. um, on that. So I helped with those stats, but it makes a lot of sense when you watch the episodes and you're like, I don't think I would have wanted to like sit down and watch this with my parents. No, that's the thing. You couldn't watch it live and. Um, I mean, even this time around, was, I was like, this is fucking insane. Yeah, Some it's of insane. Some stuff is like, it's, what? Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's no elite, It's but. really in your face. Yeah, they just, it was one of the most successful shows from streaming, and they, this network actively did not want people to watch it for streaming. They wanted people to watch it live still, because yeah. they're, like, clinging on to that, like, model, and also, advertise to their, I mean, all, to their defense, like advertisers and everybody else, the revenue that they get from corporate stuff like that also didn't know enough about digital metrics to get the time. Yeah, they were to so realize new. how important and what an uh, untapped market that that was mm-hmm. going to be. Um, but, you know, also because they're in this in-between time, we get Gossip Girl, we get blogger, a blogger, we get the blasts, we get the cell phones, we get, you know, all that stuff because that is what was also happening at this time too. Yeah. So, it, you know. The way that they have able, I mean, like even now, it's like always trending on Netflix and it's been off the yes. air for like almost, <laughs> what, eight years now? Yes. Like it's since it's ended. So, um, okay, enough about that. I okay, just found yes. that to be when I was reading it because it it's so expensive to film in New York. Like they weren't filming on sound stages. They were actually no, filming in the city. Incredibly. It must've been an incredible. And like their budget for their costuming. And then yeah. they have like, I mean, they have like Tinsley Mortimer, who was the, like the actual it girl at the time show up in mm-hmm. episodes. And like the, if you watch it now with like a 2020 eye, you're like, Oh, that person went on to do yeah. huge things. Or like mayor Bloomberg's in the finale. Yep. You're like, mm-hmm. How did, how? I know, no, the budget like, must have been literally but like insane. They didn't, but when I'm like, they how did shoot, they? when they shoot on, sorry to interrupt, but when they shoot the top of the Empire State Building, they shoot on site. Yeah. They did not use a soundstage. I know. But <laughs> so then I'm insane. thinking, how did they spend so much money? How did they have all of this money, but they weren't making money off of the cost of growth at the time? And again, I don't know when don't this know. article um, came out, but it is crazy for me to think that they, I mean, they really, obviously the investment paid off. Yep. And tenfold, I'm mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just crazy that at the time they were just spending all this money and not necessarily seeing a direct return. Did not. Well, I think and it was that, like well, it was C- real C- hot out the gate. I think was what yeah. probably helped. Once the CW had just merged the year, mm. either the year that the Gossip Girl premiered on the CW or the year before, that's okay. when it merged with the WP and UPN. So I don't know. Maybe they also had some sort of like we're consolidating all of this yeah, stuff and, maybe. and whatnot. I don't know. But what was your pilot, oh, pilot? Okay. your pilot score? So we do have um, some Gossip Girl voices, um, Gossip Girl blurbs from the actual episodes that we're going to go ahead and make our transitions with. Um, I hope everyone is down for that. Otherwise, we'll see you later. Um. I also would like to just <laughs> note really quick. Sophie watched Gossip Girl religiously in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was obviously watched One Tree Hill religiously in high school. So this 
Sophie. It's like tracks about our personalities. A hundred percent. Yeah. You also, your name's Sophie, so S. S, yes. I was S. I still am S. <laughs> so her reading these voiceovers mm-hmm. will just make the and most sense. And just to give like everyone an image, I decided to come to this recording in a full Serena look. I didn't put mascara um, on. Which includes like, well, first of all, I'm overdressed for the occasion. That alone. Sitting in your brother's living room. That alone is Serena's look, period. Yes, we're overdressed for the occasion. You can't. Um, But I do have like a full (laughs) shimmery Chanel eyeshadow Uh eye going on. I've got the dew, I've got the lip gloss, hair extensions, the big braid, a lot of cleavage, which is Serena's only look, no matter how early in the morning. God bless her. The statement necklace. <laughs> statement necklace is yes. too much. We'll um, we'll definitely we'll show. Post we'll post a picture when we release um, this episode. But so to say that Sophie embodies, yeah, the qualities heels, of Serena that doesn't suck. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm in no way like Serena. <laughs> You're just a tall blonde. Just also a tall blonde named S. We're roughly the same height, and I too want to be married to Ryan Reynolds. That's so <laughs> that's how do you feel Blake. about Humphrey? Oh my God, fuck Humphrey, God. Okay. Um, but anyway, yes, I will. And okay, truly my journey with Serena, because I did look so much like her and more so when I was young and hot in high school, I, you know, and I loved her on Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect. And so I, you know, really always was like, oh, Serena's the best, Serena's the best. And she's a star show, blah, blah, blah. But even I think in real time, by the time we got to season three, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> she's got messy. She's messy, has zero character development and um, Blair Spotter. Um, I did a, so let me tell you, I did, I was a big Serena fan, but did come around and you know, blah, blah. I did an Instagram poll when I was watching it, when I had my realization that Serena was like the worst. <laughs> and I put up a poll, like when you watched this the first yeah. time, who did you like more, first Serena take. or Blair? Mm-hmm. And I shit you not, the results were 50-50. And I looked at who voted for Serena and who voted for Blair. Mm-hmm. Brunettes voted for Blair <laughs> and blondes voted for Serena. Like, we are so dumb as a society no, that, like, it. and especially in high school, you yeah. associate with whoever you look like. No, for and sure. also, that's why they cast, you know, yeah. blonde. and I mean, like, right, they're, right, they're no, very they're, deliberate. They're, but I did think it was funny. Right. That, like, everybody who said they liked Serena more, I'm like, mm-hmm. blonde in high school, blonde in high school, <laughs> blonde in high school. Like, Oh, my gosh. And our brunette friend, Kendall, was um, also obsessed with Gossip Girl Like Me, Love Fashion, yes. Love New York. And so we did um, a little SNB thing all the time. All the time. Little poses. We went as them for Halloween. We'll post the picture. All right. Edit here we go. Out. You wanna, we'll edit it all out. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so this is from the pilot. <laughs> Spotted at the Palace Hotel, S and B having a heart to heart. Hmm, why so thirsty, S? You might. I can't. I can't say that line without laughing. I can't I say that line. So I, was I can hear you. So I was. I oh will. I will not look at you. It's that why so thirsty, S? Why so? I think that literally all the time to myself as and an adult, knowing drinking she's like, alone. Anytime I'm drinking alone, I'm like. And like a big sip of wine. I'm like, mm, why, why so, so thirsty? thirsty ass? Ass? Did you also murder a guy and then sleep with your best God. friend's boyfriend okay, and okay, then run no. away? God, okay. No, I need to sit up and focus. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to look at you. Okay. Take it from the top. <clears throat> Spotted at the Palace Hotel, S and B having a heart to heart. Hmm. Why so thirsty S? You may have one over B for now, but we still think you're hiding something. 
All right. Pilot. I made it. I made it through. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, so. Uh, two what? teens having a martini at the bar as they do. I have so <laughs> many thoughts about this first episode. Okay. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. Okay. So I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. So I do think it's like a pretty near perfect teen drama. It gives you the love interest with Dan and Serena's first mm-hmm. date. The reveal that Rufus and Lily had like some sort of relationship. You weren't really sure. Uh, sweet moments, teens casually drinking martinis, which <laughs> I didn't start doing till 25, but I sure. still don't like a martini. Ooh, I like, you know, one or two, but not by myself at a bar <laughs> at 15. At 15, I was like, I mean, yeah, I didn't even drink yet. Um, but this, and there's like so much secrecy in the pilot, right? Like you don't know why yeah. Serena came back. Oh my gosh. So many there's questions. So many questions. Like it really is good. Um, and yet Chuck being a total creep knocked it down a bit for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch in 2020. It should have been hard to watch in 2008, but like we didn't know what we didn't know. And yeah. also like we just didn't, you know. And I did love the recast of Eleanor. I think that was like really smart so on their smart. part. because yes. Yeah. So my feelings with Chuck are confusing. And I will say disclaimer, he is a bad guy. Like yes. I am not, we're going to sound like we love him. Uh, we do. I do. I, I do. do. <laughs> I don't I've, know just, what. I've just embraced it. He yeah, no, I have a whole thing about Chuck um, that I was going to do after we talked about the pilot. I have um, but a little note to just now. say really quick about Chuck. So this is what yeah, I wrote no, no, down no, about him in the yeah. pilot. Um, he's terrible, but makes good TV, but also a terrible role model. Like, I don't know, whatever. Here are some yeah. things that he said. Okay. There's something wrong with that level of protection. It needs to be violated. No, it doesn't. Seal the deal because you're entitled to tap that ass. You're not <laughs> entitled to anybody. So no, his, the whole line was hilarious though. He's like, we're entitled to trust funds, houses in the Hamptons, and to tap that ass. No, I'm pretty sure he was talking about Blair. Like, you need to sleep with her. You're entitled to. Yeah, no, no, but he's telling Nate. Still. That was the whole line though. Entitled to whatever. He's anyway. like listing the things they're entitled okay. to. No, no, no. I'm aware <laughs> that's sexist. However, it was funny. Okay. <laughs> And then attempt, <laughs> attempted sexual assault against Serena. Attempted sexual hell. assault against Jenny. Yep. So before he's, he's staring at her across the room saying, I love freshmen. Mm-hmm. Followed by one of the minions saying, they're so fresh. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing about her on Gossip Girl. And she, he says, they're well once I'm done with her. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Then Gossip Girl says, we'll see you end up with another victim. Okay. Jesus Girl you sleep with should be a victim. Um, and then he takes her to a secluded area, making her so uncomfortable that she texts Dan 911. And his defense is, it's a party. Things happen. Like, fuck off. Yeah. And then he yells, hey, your life is over, slut. <laughs> so I just feel like that knocked me down from a perfect. Yeah. It would have been like a nine if he wouldn't have been so aggressively. Mm-hmm. Like, it had it just been one of those things. He didn't need to have him do it twice. No. And like his attempted sexual assault against. Serena was, would have been bad enough on its own. Yes. And then to do it to Jenny, who I know that the internet and us probably throughout this will talk so much shit about Jenny and how much we don't like her. But like from all, like Jenny's not bad in the first like three or four episodes. She's just like a sweet girl who wants to be a part of a popular crowd. And so like Chuck, like Chuck, like preying on a victim, like had it just been some of the stuff he said, I could have like rolled my eyes Mm -hmm. and like moved on. But then also like for her to like not want to sleep with him and him to then say like, Hey, slut, your life is over. It's like, cause she didn't, like it's just it, it's yeah. hard in 2020 like it's just no for sure I mean it was always like quite aggressive for him to do that I they the writers always take Chuck like three steps further than they need to That's what I, yeah which I understand that they're like going for the wow factor with him um but 
I don't think it's necessary for them to go that big wow because Nate is so boring and Dan is like a pretentious writer. So like Chuck could have just been like a normal bad boy. Right, yeah. No, no. He didn't need to be like the- He didn't need to like sexually assault people. No, he didn't need to be like doing actually like- Illegal, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Like assaulting people. Like we just- we didn't need that. We could have just been creepy. Because also he's- Him just trying to kiss her would have been creepy. In the middle of the party, like that would have been mm-hmm. enough. Well, and also like, because he is already, even like as he grows throughout the show, which I will say like Chuck has great character development. He has, I think the best character development of he anybody has, on the show. He is truly an arc, which like not yes. every character can say they have on the show. Yes. And so <laughs> um, it's just, I don't necessarily think they had to make him so bad to make him so good. Like it made it seem yeah. like- No, no, no. They t- it's not it, just that they like broke him down to build him up. They like broke him down, buried a giant pit and then threw him in the pit and then had to have him climb crawl out, out Yeah, like it just seemed too far. But anyway, I've talked yeah. too much about this pilot. What, what are your thoughts on okay. it? Okay. So um, there's a scene where someone goes, oh my God, someone saw Serena at Grand Central and Chuck goes, good. Things are starting to get a little dull around here, which is the setup for the entire yeah. show. Like that's the whole show. Uh-huh. Um, they do the first XOXO Gossip Girl frames on Dan. That's yes. the voiceover. Yes. Which at the time, Eric, when the at the time the writers were writing for Eric to be Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. Not going to talk about that right now. We'll talk about it later. We have a whole... Yeah. Um, I just noted that. Um... I wonder how Leighton feels about being the face of headbands. <laughs> like headbands are Blair. I have never picked up a headband at a store and th- not thought of Blair. I know Even now. Even if I then bought the headband. Yeah. And now that they've made like kind of like a resurgence, like I love a headband yeah, now. Yeah, the puff. And I wonder if she is like, I can never, because like obviously we talked about on our single parents episode that she's kind of distanced herself mm-hmm. from the show. And yeah. so I wonder if. I if, most of them have. Yeah, True. Um, for fair reasons, the reasons we just talked about. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, um, I just love that she has minions. I just ate that up as a high schooler and I still think it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Um, like you said, Jenny was actually good at the beginning and I wrote, I miss innocent Jenny. Um, Chuck's double popped collar. Iconic. Um, (laughs) and so 2007, right? Like that was, that was it. Um, so Nate's first and last plot is, what's in this show in this pilot <laughs> with, with yeah. the shit with his dad he's constantly underwhelmed as a character and also he is underwhelming in his whole thing and in right. fact i'm not the only one who thinks so um this is actually from a different episode but it is season one um the head the new headmistress says this to nate in a meeting what i can see you always seem to be towing the line of mediocrity nathaniel <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong. I also like that when the show started, they like alluded. It's so funny that they were like two attempted rapes. Good to go. (laughs) Him smoking weed. Let's just disclose. Like, let's let's... just make him lazy. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that was whatever. But by the time, so I watched the finale, the series finale before we met and they do that random dumbass flashback. I hate when shows after like five years do a flashback because it's so unnecessary unnecessary and also like, it's not believable. Like, okay, so he has hair straight down. So it's supposed to be Nate in 2007, whatever. Mm -hmm. But he's like walking around. Yeah, they're all clearly, it wasn't. It was terribly, yeah. It wasn't pulled. They shot new. It was was like they were. I get them, them shooting in it new, but they should have just done just Dan and Serena. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't need, need to have them. like everybody, but so he like is walking around with a joint, which I'm like, oh, cause that was his whole thing. Like as the right. show went on is just yeah, what yeah. a big stoner he was. Yeah. But I feel like they could have like, they were just trying to make him like a Vanderbilt, you know? Yeah. They should have done it. They should have leaned into it more. Is, is Vanderbilt? Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm thinking of Archibald. Like, Archibald. I'm thinking of like uh, the Vanderbilts. Like that's what they yeah, were yeah, yeah, yeah. modeling on, yeah, him yeah. off of. Um, okay, sorry, back so, to you. Um, I thought this then, and I think it now, these teens having full sex in an empty bar, what the fuck? So that's Serena and Na- uh, Nate's. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Serena and Nate's. Like, I guess actually it was Nate's first time having sex. Yes. Maybe. Yes. On a bar in the Campbell apartment, which you guys, the Campbell apartment is inside Grand Central Station. Like it is a really legit, like cool venue and I can't believe there was no security, first of all, that was like, hey, teens, get out of this empty bar. And also just like so public. Mm-hmm. And just it was just a lot. Well, and also we talk, we've talked about this, you and I a lot. And I don't know if any of the episodes have come out. But like, why do they have teens having sex in public all the time? I don't know. Does that Very happen weird. more than we like? I don't know. Well, if it did, I feel like we would see it. I know. We're always I've never, I've never seen a teen have sex ever. Um, thank God. Thank God. I know, right? And then, okay, so then that, but the, the there's a couple flashbacks of that, of Nate and Serena doing that. And then uh, they start to blend it towards the end. And I call it a montage of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when, like, um, maybe it's, like, also mixing Serena and Chuck's thing. And maybe now Jenny and... Chuck, I don't know. I can't remember. I just like wrote a montage of drama in here, whatever. And then um, enter Lily Vanderwoodson saying, giving this dress to Serena and Serena being like, no mom, I'm not going. And her mom was like, oh, well, I'll just keep this dress for myself. Peak Lily. Like that yeah. is all you ever needed to know about Lily was Lily trying to get her daughter to do something. Lil- Serena saying no. And then Lily being like, well, I'll just keep this dress for myself because like, not that she dresses like them, but like that's just their relationship. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, and it, it really showed, I think, that Lily and Serena didn't have like a typical no, mother daughter relationship yeah, yeah. at all. And then at the end, um, well, first, well, the soundtrack for this show is really wonderful. Good. The music is so great. And it's, it's just enough of the moment that it's nostalgic now, but mm-hmm. it's not so of the moment that you're like cringe. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, it's like nice mm-hmm. reminders. Like I'll hear it in the background or hear whatever. And I'll be like, Oh yeah. Like that, you know, it's 2009. That's right. Or whatever. Right. Um, I always think of shut up and let me go. Yes. That one's a good one. <laughs> um, Rooney as well. Yeah. That was they a big a couple songs from them. So it's the same guy who did OC and he right? is just really, I think a big fan of live music and a big fan of all of, um, kind of like the more indie bands because like they have um lcd sound system was like like now it's music that i listen to but i don't know that i necessarily Mm. even knew what i was listening to right then um well this show wraps up with albert hammond jr it's hard to live in the city which is such a good song such a good song and so brilliant and so perfect and so new york um it's just Mm, wraps you the warm, cozy feeling. Um, and then just as a note, um, Brooklyn, Dumbo <laughs> to Midtown, which let's be clear, this party that they're at looks like it's in Midtown. It doesn't look like it's on the Upper East Side, but like still, Dumbo to Midtown would take at least 30 minutes in a car. Like at least. So Jenny calling Dan to rescue her Mm-hmm. Like what? Chuck pushed her around on that roof for thirty full minutes. No, this is this was the beginning of the entire fucking series, combining Manhattan and Brooklyn into a nice, no traffic, easy to get to neighborhood. 
I know. I feel like, you know, but on whatever. like friends, you have to like suspend belief yeah. about like the paying of the rent. Mm-hmm. I feel like in Gossip Girl, you have to like suspend belief that like time. Yeah. Like that New York isn't <laughs> yes. like, like, you know, like New York's so small, it's an island, but like mm-hmm. it takes a while to get places is yeah, what I'm still, told. There's still traffic. Yes, I can confirm this. So I think you kind of just have to, because like, I don't know anything about New York. I yeah. mean, other than, like, when I visit y'all. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, dear listeners, if you guys you didn't know, I live in New York, or at least I did until this goddamn quarantine happened. <laughs> so I the world ended. Temporarily um, not in New York, but I still... My stuff is still there. <laughs> my stuff is still Just living in New she's York. Dressed like a high schooler. That's why I'm dressed like a high schooler. I have no clothes here, but shorts and t-shirts. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So now I have a whole blurb chunk about Chuck before we get into the rest. Um, okay. We already kind of prepped this, so um, you know. But I just feel like I had some things to say, which. You know, sometimes in the quiet moments, my brain loops back to why do we all love Chuck Bass, right? Like, (laughs) it still plagues me deeply um, because even, I mean, like you said, like... That's your I think about this a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's my I think about this a lot. Um, We, even at the time, you know, we didn't have the words for it. Like, we weren't calling it attempted sexual assault or attempted rape or sexual assault, whatever. We didn't have... We weren't calling it that, but we knew that it was bad and it was gross, right? And we knew that Chuck repeatedly throughout season one was constantly hitting on Serena, which as an adult, I was watching it and actually thought it was funny because Chuck, like, obviously he shouldn't be doing it, right? And this is the whole problem with Chuck. Like, everything is a disclaimer. Like, he shouldn't have done it. It's wrong. It's creepy. Nobody wants their friend who is now becoming their stepbrother to be hitting on them, whatever, whatever. It's bad. It shouldn't have been done. However, like as an adult watching it, I was like, okay, Chuck was never serious. He was always just trying to mess with Serena and Serena didn't give one fuck about him. Like she shuts him down every single time. And so consistently that I was like, I just kind of found it. Like she just rolled her eyes at him. Like she could not give a shit about him. Like he was just a this, you know, scum under her shoes, like whatever check, which again, it's still wrong. It's still bad. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it, that's it where I go. It should have happened. But I was like, okay, this isn't like Serena doesn't, it, and it's not as bad, I guess, because Serena doesn't care. She, blah, blah, blah. She shouldn't have had to deal with it. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But okay. So that's why I feel like it's really hard anytime. Um, and I don't know how people can just like blindly be like, Chuck and Blair are my favorite and stop like no whatever because if you can talk yourself in circles about chuck like yes. he's someone no, that like sure. you can start so out controversial like, it's well it's also like in some ways he's like three different characters right there's mm-hmm. like season one chuck who you kind of wanted with blair but also it really didn't make sense and like right and then when it did you were like fully like it's like a very weird thing and then when they're not dating like he's like it's just like he goes through such a, a roller coaster of Right. Of emotions and character growth. Well, it's like. That it's like, if he were doing what he was doing to Serena in like a workplace, like that's for sure workplace harassment and he would get obviously. fired. Obviously, But they but were never. Weird. I know it's weird. They were never at work. I know. No, I'm, that's what I'm saying. But it's like, I whatever. I have a whole thing. You know, I have a whole um, thing about Chuck too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's a thing. And actually Ed Westwick, not necessarily speaking to this, really speaking more to something else. Well, he got. His was. Um, was mentioned this in an interview that I watched and he was just like well Chuck 
really grows up a lot on mm-hmm. this show. Like he he didn't say he grows up more than everyone else. I think that though he really. I mean, like we said, like he would have grown up. They more. really. I know they really knocked him down. But he just mentioned he was like he. There was a lot of growing pains for him, and he really um, had you know, grew up on the show, changed a lot, you know, like a lot of adolescents like that go into then adulthood. And let's not forget his dad died, um, you know, when he was about 18 or 19. And that also would no, change your life a lot. He would have um, been in high school. He would have been 17. What season did he die? Two. Two. So he would have been a senior. Yeah. He yeah. Been so 17. Um, uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I'm, and I, if that is absolutely not an excuse, but like it, like we said already, the writers took Chuck two steps too far all the mm-hmm. time with his bad shit. But he also apologizes in really big grand ways. So I have 10 reasons why I, we love Chuck Bass as part of my, um, why do we all love Chuck Bass? Do you have anything to say before I do these 10 things? Um, no, cause I'm going to talk about Chuck and Blair later. Okay, so I'll okay. save my stuff for that. Okay. Um, so number one, he's dark and mysterious and charming. I agree. I will say it is funny watching the first season. He's the least attractive of season one for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he gets more attractive, but I was watching an episode and I was like, he looks like so young. Yeah. He really looks like like such a baby. Like he grows so much between season like the end of season three and the beginning of four yeah no I agree well and I think he would have probably been turning like 23 around that time yeah well I think it must have been two though when they started doing his hair back instead of it down that was a you could I've never seen a better improvement in my life I also think once then I was like oh oh no between season two and season three sorry I always think that senior year would have been season three yeah but um because I watched the graduation episode and then watching any episode where he has to wear a suit it really does Yes. make him more attractive and ages him but it is and weird the seeing get him better. like the budgets the f- get bigger first season he's not no the first season's terrible cute no no he's <laughs> not cute he's not dressed very well like he yada, looks his yada. age he looks his age but yeah after they graduate he gets so hot and ed westwick is so handsome i mean you could cut glass with that jawline i'm just saying okay sorry back to your number, list. Two, number two he always has a suit on yeah the, <laughs> so they dress him well the, i mean a man in a suit that fits just that just makes you hotter to me as a person. Sorry. That's just how it is. Number three, um, the only consistent fact in the six seasons of this show is that he loves Blair. So that kind of confidence that is only otherwise found in gravity and the sun coming up every morning is so um, endearing and like, I don't know. You're just like, wow, like that is incredible. So number four, the money. Sorry. <laughs> so um, as an adult watching this, I frequently, with like a better sense of money than, you know, I was when I was 17, I started to like do a little background research on <laughs> things that started to come up. You were texting me like pictures of like jewelry yeah. he bought her. Yeah, I got the receipts. Um, So in addition to just like generally his custom and obviously beautifully tailored and fitted suits and the fact that he never is wearing the same thing twice which as a man is totally incredible um he gives Blair a nine thousand dollar apology necklace that's Cartier um after in season three after the incident that's like the Serena situation I know I know her engagement ring is Harry Winston 
It's so beautiful. It's the most beautiful. Most beautiful ring I've ever seen. Yeah. It costs, I based on my research, it's worth about $600,000. You know what? That's less than I thought it was going to be. You thought it was way a million? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but he's 22 when he proposes. Yeah, I know, so I know. Like- <laughs> There's a bass jet. Yep. Multiple, actually, I think. They mentioned later. Um, Chuck paid off Blair's dowry in season five, mm-hmm. which we don't know how much it was, but we know that it would be enough to, quote unquote, bankrupt the Waldorfs. And let's remember, the Waldorfs are, there's three parents, four parents with incomes between, well, I guess three, really, Blair, her dad, and Cyrus. Cyrus. And Cyrus Eleanor. is a lawyer, and Eleanor has a multi-million dollar fashion label, which they have called it that before. So multi-million dollar buyout for Blair, basically, is what he did. And I actually have some opinions about that, but whatever. And then <laughs> towards the end, like in season six, they are trying to get the proof that Bart is was selling the oil illegally, and the proof is in the back of the painting in Lily's apartment, and Chuck bursts into the auction and his starting bid is $750,000 and then ends up paying Ivy. No, Ivy ends up buying it for $1.1 million and then agrees to sell it to Chuck who's like, I'll pay double. And she was like, okay. Like the whole thing was over in a blink. Like he didn't even, didn't even question paying $2.2 million for some proof maybe. <laughs> yeah, for like... The possibility of proof. Yeah, and just, just, just some. Those are just some, a few examples of things that I actually pulled up. But don't worry. While I was on the Harry Winston site, I went and did the hard work of finding my dream engagement ring. Don't worry, everybody. It's a very conservative haircut platinum, three point six carat, and it's only one hundred forty thousand dollars. Just doing the the hard hitting journalism. Who says you don't research for this pod? You know, you know, you really put in the hours. I really do. I really put in the work on the hard hitting topics. Okay, you dress like the characters. You know, I'm just all you in. Pick out, yeah, you're I'm all, all in. in. Okay, number five. He's always in control, and his confidence is through the roof. Sorry, confidence is sexy, and I love that he's in control, even when he thinks that, he, even when he isn't, he thinks he is, and that's half the battle. Number six. Everyone loves a bad boy, and a bad boy who's in love. Well, fuck us, right? Number seven. <laughs> him and Blair are such a power couple like I love them together and them being better together is part of what makes him attractive right Mm -hmm. then we simultaneous number eight is we simultaneously want to save Chuck because he's damaged and also be saved by Chuck because he like can do that like he constantly tries to save Blair you're essentially describing a very rich Tim Riggins Yes. Oh my God. Okay. This is a spotlight. If there's a very rich Tim Riggins looking person out there, please. That doesn't, Tim Riggins never had sexual assault. So run, don't walk. You can just switch out the scotch for beer and Um, you can have Tim Riggins. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then number nine is he fucks up really big, but he also fixes big examples, incredibly expensive gifts mentioned above. The fairy tale prom he set up for Blair, mm-hmm. getting Blair into Columbia, remember that happened, and repeatedly sacrificing his needs and wants for her happiness. Um, that's a little bit later on. Um, a lot to do with like Louie and just other guys that Blair dates a lot of people in the show who aren't Chuck, and Chuck loves her the whole time. And even when he's sleeping with little Jay. Okay, that happened one time. And or Vanessa? They just broken up. Or, what's her name? Eva? 
Who? <laughs> the girl he like moved back to Paris with? Oh, that girl. They were broken it's up. It's either Eva or Ava. They're broken up a lot. Chuck no, thought he no, was no, never I'm not saying none back. of that was none of that was when they were together. But like Chuck never actually dated anyone else. Just that Ava girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was like I not Chuck Bass anymore. Really liked those episodes. Yeah, that was nice. Last but not least, number 10 on my list of reasons why we fall in love with Chuck Bass. A little phrase you might be familiar with. <laughs> I'm Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass. Just like how he manages to make that so hot. I don't know yeah. but it is. Okay. So I did just, ugh, I actually don't even know if I, cause I just built Chuck back up. I don't know if I even want to play this clip. Which one is it? The Arabian horse clip. It's, it's necessary. It's no, it's Chuck at his absolute work. Like this is the rockest bottom that they wrote Chuck. Okay, I think, I, I think this is the rock bottom for Chuck. I think it needs to be included. I don't want to ignore it, but I've forgotten I about know. this until you just said, it. I remember watching I this and being watched this episode. Shocked. I kind of had it on in the background last night because I had finished the finale two nights ago. And he just regularly slut shames. Yeah. He, I, 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 dear listeners, I, re, <laughs> I rewatched the, I just looked up one of the listicles of top Chuck and Blair episodes one through six, started watching them. And then, it, it was about two a season, I would say. And plus I was watching uh, finales and premieres because I, nobody crushes a finale and a premiere like Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally I would watch like the setup episode to the episode they were talking about um, in the list. But once I got to five, I just started one and didn't stop. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I watched five to the finale, which, um, so this is a pretty skewed view because I really only watched Chuck when he was being good. You d- yes. In addition to the good Chuck and Blair episodes. Yeah. So he had yak, a- yak, yak, but whatever. Don't come back. I, um, um, yakety. But I, I started, I, I, another listicle had this random episode in season one as the very best episode of Gossip Girl. It was um, episode 10, I believe, mm-hmm. where they do the- Cotillion for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, what? I don't even remember this episode. Is that when Jenny and Nate dance together and they're like there's like a little bit I know you hate her but there's like yeah. a little bit of a spark between them I just hate how thirsty Jenny is for Nate I actually think had they given them a shot early on it would have it wouldn't if have been Jenny terrible wouldn't have become bad yeah well I don't think she would have become bad if she would have dated yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that's because I also really enjoy Nate and Dan's friendship and I think mm-hmm. that would have been a unique mm, force it could have been a different story yeah. it could have been a different, different dynamic yeah. yeah no that would have been nice um but That's I do remember this line, and I do think that it's important for our listeners to note that while we will talk a lot about Chuck, yeah. he did say for him. he did say this, one of the worst things I've ever heard worst. on TV. I, I and the setup is that Blair doesn't know who is it single best scene. She's, single best scene records. This for now is the worst thing that's been said on any of our shows. I think. I'm trying to think of what other. Okay, things. you think about it while we listen to the clip. So tentatively, it's tentatively the, the worst. Yeah, the setup was that Blair had a pregnancy scare mm-hmm. and after sleeping it was with Nate, after sleeping with Nate Chuck. and Chuck in the same week, and Chuck, <laughs> like all high schoolers, like do. all high schoolers, and Nate has just broken up with her, and so she goes to find Chuck, and of course he's in a bar because that's what seventeen-year-olds do, mm-hmm. and Chuck is also has his feelings hurt because he had just left um, wherever they all were together where Nate and Blair were making out. Like he saw that they had officially gone back together. And so he was really in his feelings about that. So Blair, I can't remember what she's saying. She's, 
I don't know. She's like, need someone she, to talk yeah. to kind of. And um, so then the bar and then this kind of unfolds. Enough. I'll try to be more succinct. You held a certain fascination when you were beautiful, delicate, and untouched. But now you're like one of the Arabians my father used to own. Rode hard and put away wet. <laughs> my God. I don't want you anymore. Who the fuck wrote this for a team? Anyone else would. Did you hear what he said? Then he's like, I, I, I don't, don't want, want you anymore, anymore, and I don't know who would. But d- please note that number two on your list is that he always loves Blair and his undying love. Like he does, he, he still loves her in this scene. I don't want to ever. I don't want. Oh. He still loves her. He's so butthurt. That's why he said this to her. Anyway, that is Chuck Bass absolutely at his rock bottom. I think I'm gonna go on a limb and say this is the worst thing that's been said on any show that we've covered. Full stop. Um, it's so horrific. But I've heard like harsher things, but you know, like on dramas on HBO or like yeah, yeah, not yeah. on like network television it, that we were like. It's network television and it's just road hard and put away wet. And like you had, you held Christ. a certain fascination when you were yes. untouched. Those, like the setup is horrible. And knowing that like she was nervous took her about, virginity yeah. and that actual moment where they, the night where they did that was actually pretty sweet. So like it was retroactively damaging that memory for both of them really I guess whatever okay so oh right okay sorry oh last comment about having to do with my research though um in season one Serena gives Dan a Christmas present he gives she gives him a watch Mm -hmm. and the the best research I could do was a similar one that cost twenty two thousand (laughs) dollars Like, who the fuck? Like, why did they have to shoot that high with the gift? <laughs> right. Like, he's a poor kid from Brooklyn. Air quotes on poor kid. Give yeah, him he lives like, in Dumbo, which is a really expensive neighborhood. Give him like a $300 watch. That's still expensive right. for a, yes, for a Christmas first, present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, I've got my- um, I hope no guy I'm dating ever hopes to get a $22,000 gift from me. On a whim. God. Her, so, that's proof that Serena has an unlimited credit card with a truly no limits. Okay. So- Right, here's my little. I forgot um, about that Arabian horse. Awesome How it I, haunts me. Okay. <clears throat> my oh my! Did Doctor Vanderwoodson just make a public pass at Rufus's wife? Looks like this doctor without borders needs a few boundaries. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. I love it when Gossip Girl's funny. <laughs> so let's go on to jokes. Yes. What are some of yours? So there's a BuzzFeed article with a long list of Serena shaming moments. And we definitely don't have time to go through all of them, but we'll put a link in the show notes. And uh, I mean, we'll read one like little back and forth for you guys now, but um, it's fucking hilarious. And I love it whenever anybody puts Serena in her place because she really deserves it. Okay, so the first one is when Blair reminded Serena of the state of her life. So Serena goes, I'm actually kind of excited to have an entire summer with nothing to do but figure things out. Um, First of all, S, you didn't go to school this year and you haven't had a job in months. So life is kind of like summer for you. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the same episode. No, in the same scene. The same scene, Serena goes, I really am going to change. 
Why? All the drama? It's who you are. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, okay, so then I have, like, just, like, a couple one-offs that I just, like, while rewatching, just had to stop and write them down. Anytime they shame Brooklyn or Dan, I think is fucking hilarious. Saying things like, I feel so safe in Dan's arms, just not in his neighborhood. <laughs> Which is hilarious because they generalize Brooklyn as, like, being rougher than Manhattan. Dumbo, where he lives, is, like, very nice and bougie. But Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Yale considers hazing a faculty member a serious offense. (laughs) 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 Also the fact that Blair did that. I know. I know, I know. Um, And then when – I forgot that Chuck teamed up with Jenny to try and get Nate back together with Jenny – or no, tried to get Nate to date Jenny. I forgot that Chuck helped her with that at one point because he wanted his quote unquote wanted his best friend back, which was like so horrible of him, but whatever. So he tells Jenny, the setup is like he's telling Jenny to, okay, we'll just come up to the apartment later. And he says, and show up like someone who doesn't even have a father. <laughs> <laughs> who says that to someone? Okay, and then um I have two clips. One is my favorite line that Georgina says, like, I could put it on a mug. And then um, there's another just really random moment, but we'll do this Georgina one first. Oh, of course you'd be here. Oh, I can tell that you're up to something. Please let me in on it. I haven't been this bored since I believed in Jesus. If I was up to something, (laughs) I'm not saying that I am. (laughs) That was from season five. Season Um, five and six Georgina are so good. Redemption, because I hated the shit out of Georgina at first, like really, really. I think really. that's because you didn't know how bad Serena was yet. You know what true, I mean? Like she true. just. T- well, and Georgina was just like ruthlessly destructive, in when she comes in the first time, and then when it's when she comes back, everyone's a little bit older, a little more mature, and they also like know, like we know, like guards right, up already right. with Georgina. Well, and also like when she comes the first time, I think you're still like as an audience, we were still really. Um, bought into the Serena and Dan love story Mm -hmm. because she comes in as like Sarah and like starts hanging out with Dan and like introduces herself. Like it was the manipulation. And also like, we didn't know what the secret was, you know, Mm -hmm. the big secret. Um, So I I think she just got like a really, like her introduction was like iconic in terms of like canon of the show. But when you're watching it, it's just like, fuck, just find out already that that's Georgina and whatever. And so, cause she's not in it very much. No. Okay. And then this last one is so insignificant that I can't even tell you what the setup is. I can't tell you, I can't remember what episode it's in. I can't remember what season it's in, but Blair and Nate meet up in a, a park bench and what the hell took you so long? And good morning to you too, Blair. Chuck banned me from the Empire? I mean, he's banished me before, but that was when we were on a sex fast. What do you want me to say? Chuck, he's hitting bottom. All he does now is drink in bed and argue with Monkey. Well, I had no idea it was that bad. Yeah, it's bad. He's even giving up on defeating Bart. Well, that can't happen. We can't let Bart win. We have to re-inspire him. What do you think I've been trying to do? Chuck didn't even care when I told him that Bruce Kaplan mysteriously drowned. His dentist? Oh, that's Brad Kaplan. Bruce is the best <laughs> business manager who apparently fell off Bart's yacht. It's not a coincidence that the only people who Bart's dentist died. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I think it's funny that Blair knows who Chuck's dentist is. <laughs> that had to have been a thought. I think it was in season six. And thought that, uh-huh. like, Chuck's attention to like come up in conversation. 
like you, you, this is the second time you've made yourself cry from laughing today. Oh god. Okay. Anyway, that's all the jokes I have. That took forever. Sorry. All no, right. no, you're fine. I don't have as many because we did one of them. Yeah. Um, I just think it's the it's such a funny bit that Blair ends up dating royalty twice. Actually, three times. When I rewatched, oh, well, the not lo- dated, but the guy she was supposed to go was supposed to be her escort at her cotillion was a prince. Like, that's just insane to me. Like, I know that the people do that, but like that she accidentally too dated right. two <laughs> royalty. The writers, it's like the writers all had amnesia. They recycled a lot of plot lines. They recycled the surprise prince mm-hmm. twice. They they recycled Blair having a pregnancy scare with Chuck and someone else when she was supposed to be dating the other person. Mm-hmm. Like that exact same setup they did twice. I know, in season five and, and season And then they recycled one. something else. Oh, Serena getting drugged. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Um, And then my last one is Nate hooking up with moms. Oh my God. Like I will go on record now that I've seen it all because I will say, I should have said this at the beginning. When we watched the show live, I quit at season four. I did not watch past mm-hmm. the Juliet scam. I just quit cold turkey. Right. So when I watched it at the end of last you year- You and everyone it was, else. <laughs> it was the last time that, it was the first time that I had seen past that. So I had never seen season five or six. Yeah. Um, and I can say confidently now, because I was like an idiot, went around talking about how much I love Dan and Serena for the past you know eight years, not knowing sure. how fucking terrible that was. Right. I'd like to you apologize would, no, to people. You're right, you're right. You would love Dan and Serena if you stopped at four. Yeah, well, because they didn't, nothing happened. Honestly, if you even went to five, really six is where torpedoes. Yeah, I mean, when he calls Blair the love of his life is kind of when I got off the Dan and Serena so train. So um, But I just thought it was so, it was so funny to me that like his mommy issues were so obvious. Yeah. And it was like, they couldn't, I don't know why they couldn't figure out how to write Nate. Like they just couldn't yeah. figure no, out what to do with him. him. And he was like an underutilized sure. character. Cause whenever he had no I was, plot ever. No, but like, oh, so in season three, when they're in college and he hangs out with Dan a lot that season yeah. and Dan and Vanessa are like sort of dating, whatever. But if you look at any scene that Nate's in where he's not talking, his reaction shots <laughs> are hilarious. There's a whole scene and like, it would it wouldn't be funny to anybody on the podcast if we played it, but where like Vanessa's like, hey, like, do you want to come to this writer's uh-huh. retreat? Like Paul's going and like, Dan's like, I don't know, maybe in Nate's facial expressions the whole time are like, like so funny he's, and like he's so putting shocked. in the work he did a lot of like uh face work if yeah. you like <laughs> he was getting no lines but he was making sure he was contributing to the uh-huh. scene like Team he was like, player chase crawford come so on so shocked or annoyed oh or whatever so if you ever watch a scene look for nate's facial yes. expressions and then my last one it's stupid serena not wearing a graduation cap but putting the tassel in her tassel hair in her hair iconic hilarious like it's Why? so stupid it's so stupid <laughs> But okay, um, so, let's go to heartbreaks. Okay, heartbreaks. Let's see what my little gossip girl voice every second. <clears throat> With enough time, eventually we all see what was right in front of us and realize no matter how long it took, it was worth the wait. But for some, the time never comes. Instead of healing old wounds, the wait just opens new ones time after time. XOXO, gossip girl. Wow. What a dramatic reading. It was very dramatic. My number one is from Inglorious Bastards, though. Season three, episode um, 17. Oh, my gosh. Mine is two. When Blair confronts him and does her um, for selling yes. her for a hotel to yeah, his yeah, uncle. Yeah. I have the clip. Do you want to talk about it for or do you want to play it first? No. Let's I mean, that's first. that's it. Oh, okay. No, no. You can play it, but like that's. Yeah. I mean, I guess it sort of speaks for itself. Yeah. Um. <laughs> she sets it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I ever did was love you. 
worst thing I ever did. The darkest thought I ever had. You said you would stand by me through anything. This Blair is anything. I never thought that the worst thing you would ever do would be to me. That line breaks me every time. Every time. And in case anybody who was just a light and has forgotten what Inglorious Bastards is or what this whole thing is about, Chuck, Chuck's through manipul through Jack Bass, his evil uncle, who's so creepy from day one to the end. I have so he, much to say about okay, that. We'll still go back to 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 Jack, but um, Jack uses the woman. Um, pretending to be Chuck's mom or not pretending. I honestly can't remember who we actually decided was Chuck's mom, but whatever. A woman appears to pretending, to be, to pretending to be Chuck's mom, gets Chuck to sign the hotel over to her, but actually Jack, his evil uncle, gets it. And this episode, Chuck realizes it, and Jack is just trying to fuck with Chuck and is like, well, and Chuck's like, I'll do anything to get the hotel back. And Jack is like, anything? And... That was actually one of the least believable things that I've ever watched because Chuck is smarter than saying, I'll do anything. Cause that's like cards on the table. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But whatever. Anyway. So what Chuck does, what Jack says, he, he doesn't want money. He doesn't, blah, blah, blah. What he wants is Blair. Yeah. And so Chuck ends up saying yes, basically. And trading, essentially trading his hotel for Blair. Um, which Pretty is rough. insane. Well, and I think the part about that that, like, is frustrating is, and, like, the clip didn't go on any longer, which it didn't really need to. Yeah, no, kind of the scene ends. They kind of walk away from each other. But Everyone's he crying. says, um, you went up there. Like, okay. I didn't I cut that. force Sorry. you. You, you mean to put it back in? No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't need it to go back in. But I just think that his, like, justification of it is yeah, he's heartbreaking. Like, you went up there on your own. Is heartbreaking as well because he doesn't see her point of view at all you know no. what I mean like it really She's shows like, I would have done anything for you how blindly I it was is. doing that for you and I actually think if he would have gone to her and said like here's what we need like go up there whatever yeah, they're better she would have done it but in yeah. that and then that's also heartbreaking and then I I mean I'm not going into any of these but I just think anytime date like anytime um Chuck admits to anybody how much he loves Blair or misses Blair or any of that stuff it's always a little bit like ugh, like what I Leighton and Ed are the best actors on this show. Yeah, I think Leighton sure. has is the best actress out of everyone. Oh like, yeah, acting the shit out of this and in everything. Like she like really does like yeah, become the great. character. Like I don't even know really what she's like in real life. Nope. Um, and so their scenes together are always so. Um, and their chemistry is amazing. They sell the shit out yeah. of what they're doing, yeah. even if it's. I, not always really something that I like. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you. Buy and I it, think though. that's why I think that's why the legacy of Chair Chuck mm -hmm. and Blair has lasted this long, right. and people still love them. I think it's because they, they acted amazing. They fully committed yeah. to the characters. Yeah. Um, speaking though of Chuck apologizing, um, this. So I had five heartbreak scenes. Sorry. I think but one of them is my turning point. Inglorious. Oh, is it five, six? Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't need to play it then. No, that's my single best scene. Oh, okay. So we can, play we can just then. play the clip later. Yeah. Uh, but this, all I got to say about it is Chuck being mature was so heartbreaking because it was like, wow, he's fine. Like this is like Chuck has made it right. Like he is mm -hmm. being adult. Then um, my other runners up are the entire back half of uh, season four, episode 22 called the wrong goodbye. It's the night of Blair's engagement party and the Constance fundraiser. And 
Chuck ends up saving Blair's life. And then they go to this bar mitzvah. They crash a bar mitzvah and they have so much fun together. And then they make it back to Constance and Louie is there. And Blair is like in the middle of telling Louie that she's going to end it with him because she, she knows she should be with Chuck. And Chuck interrupts her and is like, actually, she was just coming to tell you that I give you guys my blessing. And then they have this like really sweet, heartbreaking conversation in the hallway where he's like, you need to be... I want you to have the kind of happiness that Louis gives you. And mm-hmm. so I like you should be with him. And she's like, no, I should be with you. Like I bl- something, something. And I think it's in this scene, even though I think he does it a couple of times, calls her the most powerful woman he knows, which I think I know we're not in the redeeming game. We've said it buried in the past. Chuck does bad things, but him calling Blair a powerful woman, I think is really important. And Instead of, you know, saying the most beautiful or most amazing or greatest or whatever, he chooses powerful. Right. And it means a lot to her. And honestly, I think it means a lot to us, the women who are viewing it. You know, it's like, yeah, like that, that is actually what I wanted, would rather be told than, you know, just that I'm beautiful But also or I whatever. think she knows oh, she's nice. beautiful. You know what I mean? Like she knows. Yeah, of course. She knows the other thing. So it's like he's affirming, but also like. He's affirming the right thing, I think. You know, I don't know. You know yeah. I, mean? I will say one of the things I consistently liked about Blair's character is she wanted to work and, like, do the work in high school, do the work. I mean, yeah. we didn't really – I hate she when hustles. shows go to college. But, like, she, like, attempted to do the most work, I guess, in college. And then, like, did the internship and, like, called around and, like, actually got the internship. Right. And then um, – Worked I mean, really hard even to get into college. Like, talked about it a lot. And <laughs> then, like, in the f- series finale, Jenny walks in with that, like, J by – Blair Waldorf designs mm-hmm. bag and so you like know that like Blair's like created this fashion empire and like has right. even come good so far as to like hire Jenny to work for it. Blair, you know like right, yeah. she's like grown so really much grown so yeah, um but I think the powerful like she needed to hear from someone yeah. like Blair or yeah, from someone like Chuck. Chuck yeah exactly um so then episode or season three episode 19 Chuck is kind of there him and Blair are on the outs after the aforementioned hotel fallout and Chuck so Chuck's, um, like, back to his old ways, quote-unquote. And um, Nate walks in in the middle of whatever, women, drugs, booze, whatever's going on, and, se- and like, semi-shames him and is like, I, you know, what are you doing? I, I thought you were still trying to get Blair back. Like, I thought you were done with this stuff, mm-hmm. whatever. And Chuck says something something and he says like being my best friend I thought you'd see through my smoke screens oh I know which like it was such a throwaway comment and it was not even like even the point like the scene continues like other things right, happen, but right. like it was such a small and I couldn't I couldn't find it in uh any YouTube videos which is incredible because basically the entire show is on YouTube <laughs> yeah um but that really broke my heart for their friendship because I'm like Nate is somebody that Chuck consistent is one is his family like much more consistent person in his life they really than anyone else and chuck also show that also shows that he has self-awareness that he knows what he's doing is childish and bad and he's upset about blair he knows it he knows that what he's aware of why he's being um childish and nate doesn't Mm-hmm. which is sad that Nate's not paying enough attention to him, really, I guess, yeah. wh- or whatever. I don't know. But I was like, oh, Chuck. I will say, like, a heart swell moment. Like, I know we don't really do those, but, like, 
one where every time I watch it, I like <laughs> wish that I was stronger than to like react like a teen and be like, oh, mm-hmm. but every time it gets me. And even when I read it, it gets me. But whenever it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Blair won prom queen and yeah. who oh, voted for her. And he's like, like I, I did. did like 150 times or whatever. Oh, and he like stole the, it's yeah, like, it gets he was me. like, I wasn't trying to um, steal her nomination. And I was like, Rigging Rigging it it so, so she would win. win which like it just makes me like smile every time like and blush like it's so it's so stupid in the grand scheme of things but like like in her course she's like her dress looks better without I, it like i'm gonna say another thing that's gonna make me seem like the biggest chuck fan but yeah. he really did a lot of things knowing she wouldn't know he did them yeah see that's what i'm saying he like really fixes. he like just wanted her to be happy yes she didn't know a lot of it or didn't I know. know a lot till later i know well and even like I just think some of it's manipulation. Like not, it's it's hard. When it's she like knows two different it's manipulation, but when she doesn't no, know, but like even him telling everyone that he loves her, and then when she's like, "Do you love me?" You've right. told Serena, you told Nate. Right. Like, why can't you tell me? Like that to me feels so like gross and manipulate. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. shouldn't have to beg a guy to say that no, they love I you. Agree. Like I agree. so, that's where I like flip. But it and is so high school. I I know I know. <laughs> yes, I know. But it's hard whenever it yeah. feels like. I just know they act like adults in a lot of other ways. Yeah. And so for him to be, okay, not to like both sides this, but like, come on what Blair's doing is an ultimatum and that's not exactly healthy either. I mean, like she's forcing Chuck into a corner because he doesn't feel the exact same way she does at the exact same time. I mean, they're both super insecure and it's just like polar opposite, like expressions of that basically, but they're both being immature and it's ridiculous all around, but and Chuck does deserve most of the blame for this. Let's be clear. It's like really shitty mm-hmm. that he does this. And I mean, like it's shitty anyway, because he cares about her the whole time and he's hurting her. So that's obviously wrong. But like Blair making him go all or nothing in like a threat is also not exactly like healthy or empathetic. So like being mad at somebody because they don't feel the exact same way you do, like is just really not fair. I don't know. They're both really immature when this whole thing goes down. And again, just kind of gets us all to root for them because, you know, you got to start from the bottom, I guess. But um, again, they're Chuck is to blame, but like also a little bit Blair just had to say it. I don't disagree with you. Uh Shock. No, seriously shocked because you know, I'm not a, I love not Chuck here. Bass, for, yeah. I do think that he's, like, but I will say when I was watching that, I was like, this is so iconic. And I think it's become iconic in terms of like, like the millennial pop culture thing. But in the writer's room, there's no way they knew that because right. they only yeah. dated for a month. <laughs> right. So like, right. Why, Which the, was why the fuck would he love her? I because know. let's, lest we forget or talk about <laughs> Gossip Girl without mentioning that he called her a fucking horse. I know. So like from the time that he called her, that in like episode 13 to the to the season two premiere it's just crazy to think that she thinks he went from like that their love story was so epic and like we didn't know as an audience member that and you might have to correct me on this but we didn't know as an audience member that chuck actually did love blair in that moment until his season five apology where he apologizes for not telling her he loved her sooner which it becomes more problematic after the three letters eight like after that because in this moment, I am on Chuck's side, like in terms of Blair should not have put that ultimatum right. on him. But then withholding it for so, so long, long, all yes. of for 22 episodes I agree. is where I- Because it feels like he re- does it for the drama. Yeah, where we retroactively so, blame Chuck. Re- yeah, so rude. But I do yeah, think I that like we as millennial females put too much 
uh, and we forget that he like held out for so fucking long yeah but we put too much romance on the three letters eight words say it because they use it in their wedding vows like they use it like it's there always afterwards right we when we hear three words eight letters we think of when he says Says it it. yeah we don't think of the (laughs) we forget all the rest of it but he like looks at her in the face and says no (laughs) right repeatedly so I think when you're you're talking about just that scene and nothing past it like not watching Uh any more episodes in season two it's very obvious that Blair's trying to to make him something that he's not yet and like honestly we have we've talked about it we'll continue to talk about it Chuck's redemption arc the rest of the series is so good that I think they make up for a lot of this stuff Um, but like he didn't you can't you can't know that you love someone that ultimatum I know after a month of dating at 17 yeah it's so high school um so I I hadn't thought about it that way way to point it out but I (laughs) do agree (laughs) seeing the other side that he eventually earns being the worst but he hadn't necessarily in this one scene I agree that we as a generation of young women over romanticize 100% and also to be doing all of these things and still not able to say I love you. It's like you're showing it. I don't right. understand why people. It's like the people who are like, we can't date because I'm going to leave. Or like, because whatever. And it's like, well, we're emotionally already hurting each other. We might as well. well like, Connell and Marianne, you might as well just freaking date. You're going to. Well, interesting you should bring that up because that's actually what they do in season six. When they're like, we can't be together until yes. we both have our houses in order. Which I absolutely. It's hate. not that I. I don't hate this in TV because it fucking happens in real life. I have had friends and I have dated guys who are like, I, I feel like I can't continue with this relationship because like, I need to get my shit together. And like, we're sometimes, yes, like it is an absolutely valid, like, you know, people go through things, whatever, but it happens more often. I think it happens more often than it should. And if you think that this other person is so important, why do you not think that they're important enough to you that you should be doing this together? You should listen to Ben uh, Platt's song, Grow As We Go, which basically yes, is yes, like- I love that song. Yes, exactly. We can grow together. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And I do agree though. Particularly. It, I'm like, you guys are obviously fucking better together. And like, she's wearing an engagement ring around her fucking neck and then telling everybody they're not dating. I, I get it. I'm an, I was annoyed. Like, they are schemers. Schemers need- co-schemers I thought that's a cool thing I thought when that season started and they like were not together because they didn't you know they needed to take down and do everything I thought they were gonna like secretly be together yeah they weren't no (laughs) they were really like abstaining it was so insane careful B don't forget your first rule of battle beware of basses bearing gifts this is when actually also from Inglorious Bastards when the present the giant box shows up at her apartment with a dress that Jack wants her to wear when he, she comes to see Ew. him. Jack I just, Bass, so yeah. gross. Jack okay. Bass is the, I hate that they spend so much time being like, I know what you did on New Year's Eve. Like, I'll tell everybody what you did on New Year's Eve. Bring like, it up a lot. I'm sorry. She should. She's I know. 16. I know. You're 35. Literally. Like, I don't know what the she threat is had for him. Like, Right. And the fact Leverage. that like, that was like the gossip girl blast that was going to get Jenny the mm. crown. I'm like, that is statutory rape. Like that is yeah, sex no, with a minor. Sure. <laughs> like she not, I'm not saying that it was statutory rape. I think that she, well, I don't actually know if she wanted it. It like didn't the happen. The whole show treated like sexual assault. Too casual. Zero. Yeah. They didn't. Okay. Anyway, okay, what was so your turning point? My scene? turning point scene was season one, episode seven. Victor, Victrola, where Chuck and Blair, we finally, it's my turning point because I'm finally like, oh, wait a second. Blair and Nate have just broken up and 
Chuck has bought a burlesque club because, you know, that's what 17-year-olds do. And they're at the club, and Nate was supposed to be there, but because they broke up, he wasn't there. And Blair is in a mood, and she gets out of that limo, and Chuck's like, where's Nate? And she's like, we broke up. Like, I don't want to talk about it. And (laughs) so then here they are inside the club. They're in this cute little couch thing. They're watching the show, and I have the audio clip. I know you don't want to talk about what happened, but... Relief. You know, I got moves. Really? Then why don't you get up there? No, I'm just saying, I have moves. Come on, you're ten times hotter than many of those. I know what you're doing, Bass. You really don't think I'll go up there. I know you won't do it. Have my drink. Yeah. So, I mean, this is Blair and Chuck's relationship in a nutshell. This is Blair daring Chuck to dare her, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then both of them being glad that 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 they did it. Like they were in it. Like it. They felt play the- emotional chicken with each other a yes. lot, wanting like they just say what they want in a threat. Yes, they like, like loose, like lightly mask it, but like it always feels like they're like this is their first threat, like pawing at each other, right? Like, uh huh. Toying with each other and they seem so like they're on the same level. Right. 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 And it just was so cute. And I was like, woo, all right, I'm sold on them. And then they have sex in the back of a limo, which, you know, sealed the deal. (laughs) Sealed the deal, as they say. And then he called her um, an Arabian horse. That was later. Three episodes. I think it was more. Anyway, moving on. It was the next, it was like, this was in the fall. It was in the spring. Yeah. Um, so my turning point scene is way earlier than yours. Mine is in the pilot. Ooh, okay. It's when Dan returns Serena's phone. and Which, just let's just all take a moment, a moment of silence for leaving your phone places uh-huh. Never permanently. Um, you know, like, oh, I left it at the club. I left it um, at the on the table over there. Must have forgotten it at home. You know. That doesn't exist Different anymore. time. Different time. Um, but I'll just forever be a sucker for the OG, Dan and Serena, like season one. Before we knew her big secret was that she murdered someone and Dan decided that Blair was the love of his life. Um, that's my, you know, perfect Dan and Serena. It's also the beginning of realizing there was something between Lily and Rufus in this scene. Okay. Um, because that's when Dan's like, we're going, because she's like, I'm going out with Dan tonight, so I can't go to the Kiss on the Lips party. And Lily was like, oh, where are y'all going? And he was like, oh, this Lincoln Hawk concert. They were the most forgotten band of the 90s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, my dad was in it. And you can kind of see Lily being like, what? <laughs> right, like, Which oh, like I was like, huh. Like, right. this is getting a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, it was just a really great setup for both of those storylines throughout season one. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like this little interaction where he says, you're really going to go out with some guy you don't know. And he's, or no, he says that. And she says, you can't be worse than the guys I do know. Yeah. When you're watching it up until this point, you're kind of like, really? And then you meet all of the guys that she knows. And you're like, right. dance not that bad. <laughs> I, know, right? I don't know. I just think it's like a cute little yeah. banter. It's cute. So that's when I was right. bought in on the show. Uh, let's do eat plots. Some say love is a river. Some say love's a silly song. Some say love is all around us. It lifts us up where we belong. Some say love is hearing laughter in the rain, but on the Upper East Side, we all know love is pain. 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We're talking about relationships and B-plots. All right. <laughs> so um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I just um, kind of jumbled a big list together that yeah, we can kind of talk about. It's I not have, numbered or anything. I have like a shorter list so I can go first. Okay. Um, so I did like the B-plot in season five with Blair falling in love with Louie, getting pregnant, finding out the wedding day he's terrible and running off with Dan. Like I just thought it was a after I thought season four's too big kind of like schemes were so rough yeah for me that i really enjoyed the louis and i also enjoyed the reveal like i didn't think he was bad i really enjoyed the reveal as well although and i understand the way that shows especially shows that are being viewed live Mm -hmm. you know um there is a mid-season finale you know you Mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. to you have to get to episode 13 sweeps or whatever i don't know if that exists i don't know but. but I found, well, I guess they the, their relationship, though, started the season before. So, to me, see, the first half of season five felt like fucking molasses. Like, I <laughs> was just, like, I enjoyed the pregnancy scare, which she was actually pregnant. The reveal that Louis was actually bad was also, like, so shocking, like, so great. But it's really not believable that Blair would have continued with the wedding if she was going to be showing like that was just never going to happen for her um, oh I forgot that she lost the baby before she lost the baby in the car crash which yeah. is why she doesn't end that, up being that with was because she thinks fal- like fal- she finds God or whatever oh right um I don't know I really I really like the Louis plot I just wish it I wish I wish and I actually I have notes about this later but I wish it he either had been longer or shorter okay. I wanted it to be I wanted her to either see her actually being a princess and doing princess things, like, that would have been interesting, different, new content, new side of Blair. Like, that would have been really interesting to watch, I think, especially now that we are in the era of Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle. Right, right. I almost feel like... um, Or it should have just gotten to the point shorter. Right. I almost feel like like they did a weird... Because there's a lot of storylines that I wish would have been longer... Yeah. Um, and not, or like had just happened differently. Uh-huh. And to me, I think it's because like season three and four are just like all jumbled in my brain. Same. And they, the only reason why I can like separate out what four was is because of the Juliet scam. Yeah. And I just skipped four altogether. I and season. I watched almost nothing from that season. It's in my infuriating to watch. That's like my worst B plot because it. Yeah. They do that whole thing, which takes the full 13 episodes. Like, you meet her in the first episode, and she's right. gone in the mid-season. And then the back half of season four is all about the Bart fire. Right. Whether, which yes. is fine, but it's also mm-hmm. just like, an, I'm like, you did know the show was for teens. Like, yeah. why are we doing a real estate so scam? Like, it's hard estate, for, yeah. it was hard for, like, anybody to follow along. And then, like, Nate's storylines, like, never, like, I'm like, I wish we could have seen date, Nate Dan, date like Brie Buckley, the Republican yeah, or whatever. That would have been great. You know, like some of that stuff could have gone on longer, but yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, another one that I, I have. I did like the plot as a whole. I liked so the plot great. as a yeah, whole. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's hard because these Even are having her like, marry someone else was really, that was smart. I was, I mean, in shocked that she went through with that. So shocked. Um, Georgina taking over Gossip Girl in the later seasons. Yep, that was And brilliant. then just trying to like scam and like work with all of those minions. That was funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so everything on the show turns to shit, but I did like the beginning of the will they, won't they with Lily and Rufus. I know we're not really supposed to care about the parents, but I, I never care about the parents. I did a little bit. Um, the whole Ivy Charlie storyline was wild from start to finish. <laughs> yes. The, 
um, tightrope that they walked on with that storyline and keeping it going as long as they did. Impressive. With the reveal of Lola is like the best of the Gossip Girl yes. world. Whether you like the storyline or not. I agree. They did emotion, like they did gymnastics so keeping that on the yes. on the ropes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Georgina requesting to live with Blair at NYU and then Blair <laughs> not being popular. <laughs> it needed to happen eventually. Like yeah, she needed yeah, to be demoted down. and yeah, taken yeah. down and it was able to like yeah. push her forward. But so funny. that was funny. And then Chuck and Ava, I, it was nice to see him see, treat someone with just like pure kindness, even if yeah. it was only for a few episodes. Yeah, it was really sweet. I so agree. those are my best. Yeah. Do you want me to go into my worst? Um, I can do my best too okay. while we're talking about good things. Um, so Blair's takedown of Georgina in season one was chef's brilliant. Kiss. So chef's kiss, you know, peak Blair run in the world. And it was the beginning of bad bitch Blair, <laughs> or at least the beginning of what we got to see. Um, and I just liked all of Blair's takedown. She does it more. I love it every time. Um, then we already talked about Charlie, Lola, Ivy. And then I love, Call me crazy, but I loved season three, episode one and two, where Serena decided the best way to get her dad's attention was to become like a paparazzi followed socialite. I, I just found that very funny. You and, are crazy. <laughs> um, I just thought it was funny. Also, side yeah. note, the orange one shoulder dress that she wears to the polo match I actually found at Neiman's when I was in high school and took a picture in it um because you know I thought I was Serena um no polo <laughs> horse unfortunately for me until a couple years later but um I we will post a picture of that um and then um I have a love-hate relationship with Georgina but we've already talked about how great she it's is like hate at the beginning love towards the end yes her second time around was awesome because we knew what to expect from her and the other characters also knew to like treat her with caution but uh -huh. we also we're really anticipating what she was going to fuck up. The only thing that I didn't like that she did once, you know, after the season one kind of like frustration yeah. was the baby Dan manipulation. Yeah. I didn't care. For it that. just seemed gross. But then I will say, I loved her being like a suburban mom. Yeah. It was hilarious. It, 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 <laughs> it, paid, off. it paid off. Yeah. The payoff was there. Um, but those like three episodes right. were like, Ugh. as far as positive relationships, I really, I would have loved to see Nate and Serena end up together I always thought yeah. that they were a pretty good match I mean Chuck said it all when he said I know all you and Serena have to do is t is debate whose hair is shinier like that literally is them right yeah I did like I didn't put my relationships out I did when, like them when they were actually together on the show I believe season three um yes they Serena was looking for her dad. And so they, I just felt like they didn't really get a proper storyline. I also um, don't know why I she felt robbed a little bit. I don't know why she didn't just tell, tell him Nate I know, I earlier. I know, whatever. Anyway, Serena, because Serena's, Serena's fucking stupid. Everything that's why. Serena does, it would be resolved if she would just tell the person she was dating earlier. Earlier. She's so fucking, they were she gonna never find learns. Out. <laughs> she literally <laughs> never learns one. She doesn't learn anything in this whole show. So, and then I also liked, honestly, when Nate dated Vanessa or I Lola. I Nate and Vanessa. I anybody like with his anybody. own age. I his own age. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I will say. Um, I Nate deserved so much better. Yeah. No, I know. Because he, um, even like watching like the finale, being like, oh, he showed up to yeah. the wedding alone. I'm like, you couldn't even have hired like Tinsley Mortimer to come in and sit next anybody. to him, or like, right. literally anyone on the like social scene to like. Right. sit next like you got fucking yeah. lisa Loeb for rufus the I girl know. who sings stay but you couldn't get like random hot actress number from I the know, cw seriously. to sit next to him even Whatever. just like a hot like 
cheerleader looking girl Honestly, would have been believable. I would feel okay if Jenny came in and took his hand or something. No. That would have been amazing. No. no. Oh my God, that would have been that amazing. That segues straight into worse. I Nate liked, and Jenny. I liked Nate no, and Jenny. fuck Nate and Jenny. I hated him. She was so <laughs> manipulative. Nate was so goddamn fucking stupid We the never actually time. got it though. Didn't they? No. They kissed like once. Oh my God, they created so much drama. I literally thought they dated. No, they don't. They never dated. Oh my God, fuck them Because though. heaven forbid he dates a, 17, a 16 year old when he's 17, okay. but dates a 17 year old when he's 24. I know. Well, <laughs> but Ginny like literally aggressively breaks Nate and Serena up. I hated that. I just hated Ginny though in general at this point. So I hate Ginny no matter what, unless she's in the first three episodes, I fucking hate Ginny. She didn't bother me as much as she bothered oh my the God. world. I hated her. Okay, so I also didn't, I, the parents storyline at the beginning I cared about, didn't care about at the end. Oh, sorry, one more good. Oh, okay. I loved Cyrus and Eleanor. Yes. They were healthy, they, and Dor- oh. and, uh, what's her name? Dorota? Dorota and uh, Vanya? Her, Vanya. They were yeah. great too. I'm like, Blair at least had like stable, healthy relationships around her. Around I just, her. I agree. Cyrus yes. and Eleanor. Cyrus and Eleanor. Amazing. Best part of the show. Best. Just amazing. I love them. They were so, like you said, so stable, so consistent, loving. loving. They told each other the truth. Um, yeah. I really loved them. It and gave the show like so much like grounding. It helped that um, for Blair's character development, Cyrus really helped because Eleanor never really like truly like softened, softened on Blair. Like she was definitely more loving and consistent than Lily. I'm not saying she was a bad mom. She was a great mom, but she still like wanted the best for her daughter. High expectations. But like she did go to her and say like, I heard you. But like Cyrus gave, sorry, I'm finishing this thought in the sentence. I didn't just stop talking about it. But like Cyrus gave Blair permission to be like softer and like to tell him like. Like cry on my shoulder kind of thing. I told Chuck I loved him and he didn't tell me back. He would never have told her mom. She would never have told her mom that. Then gave Cyrus the opportunity to tell Eleanor and Eleanor could come in and tell Blair like if you really love this guy. Right. Then like say like do something about it or like so it was like he was like what was missing from their family which I I, didn't know I cared about until <laughs> rewatching it. And then I yeah. was like, just craving for like Waldorf family scenes. I know their family really is the best. Um, so back to the worst, yeah. um, yeah. kids dating teachers <laughs> happened a lot. <laughs> also just like not proper age couples, like Nate dating underage and overage women. I, he did it all once, once would have been okay, but let's, well, over and over again. It's not even like necessarily the age difference up, obviously down, illegal, but up um, that bothers me. It's that every time he dated someone older than them, it had to be a secret. Yeah. What was that? That's where I, that's oh, where wait, I, that's one actually, of them was married. Yeah. I wrote, he had to tell the captain. Oh my God. <laughs> or no, he had to tell his grandfather. Um, His grandfather named grandfather. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say. Uh, what did I, where, I just would have sworn I wrote this down. Oh yes. Nate's entire plot line is just his family drama and then his toxic secret relationships with overage or underage women. And I particularly hated Jenny and Sage. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I don't know. Cause like the spectator, I will say is one of my best B plots. It, you have to like just completely close your eyes to the fact yes. that he is like a college sophomore yeah. who's now the editor in chief. But like, yes. that was interesting. It like pushed yeah. the story along. It gave Serena a story. And believable, honestly. And Fine. Like, she can write. I will say like, not, I'm not saying this is redemptions for anything, but giving Dan the exclusive for his last chapter of right? his book. That was smart. Like, I just think having someone in the like, quote media. unquote media yeah. industry I agree. That was, was smart. so smart. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, back to worse. There's a lot of good Back to worse. Though. 
Serena being with Trip when she was 18. And he was married. And he was married and, and a politician, speaking of underage um, relationships. And he left her in a car. <laughs> left her unconscious in a car on the side of the road in the middle of the woods. Yep. Um, speaking of Serena, Serena and Dan getting married. No, thank you. And then lastly, Serena and Dan's half-brother. Let's remember here, dear listeners. I literally have a note that says, don't get me started on the secret son. So (laughs) Serena and Dan never would have gotten married in real life because Dan ruined her life. I don't care if it made her an it girl. Serena would have been an it girl no matter who is in charge of Gossip Girl. Sorry, this is just who she is. Dan did not invent her and Dan's entitlement to this kind of thinking is actually what I also really hated about Dan and Blair because I and I hated Dan and Blair even more the second time I'm sure I hated it the first time with a burning passion but I hated it even more the second time because Dan felt entitled to Blair because he was nicer than Chuck That was, I can, like, that's just what we all can tell. He's saying to himself, and he says it out loud. He's like, Chuck is horrible. He's never come back to you. Like, whatever, he's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Dan is just as bad. Please see season six where he gets back together with Serena for a story. So I think saying that I'm with Blair because I'm nicer than Chuck is being like, do you want like room temp water or sewer water. It's like, yeah, no shit. That, like, everyone is. Yeah, like everyone's nicer than Chuck. Like the bar is not. Well, and just because you're nicer doesn't mean you're better for her. Yeah, I liked the Dan and Blair friendship. Their friendship was good. I liked their friendship. And I liked the episode where he got them back together before the car crash, where he like sacrificed his own like love and like brought, cause he did realize in that moment, which then I'm like, yeah. did he have selective amnesia and forget that she already picked like, God. and then when she they actually dated, over and over and over yeah. Um, so I didn't like when they were actually dating, but I do no. stand by, they had good chemistry together and they had a good friendship. I liked their friendship. I never thought that they had chemistry, but also by that time, by the time Dan and Blair start dating in season five, Blair is just lost at sea and lets herself cling to Dan like a life raft. Where's Lily's quote when we need her? Instead of getting her life together after her divorce, it just was yeah. pathetic and it was just not Blair. It was just so not Blair to let this guy just, I don't know. And I agree that their friendship was great. I just don't think it, it should have to... been a relationship. Well, and so I liked like when they worked at the publishing thing together and like, yeah, yeah no, they were great as friends that when they were friends, he didn't put her, I think she liked that. He like challenged her in a way right. that wasn't like Serena always won and Chuck was going to do whatever the fuck he wanted anyway. So like right. in some ways, and Nate was never going to fight. So in some yeah. ways, Dan was the only person that like treated her like an equal mm-hmm. in that sense of yeah. like, she was on equal footing with yeah. him. I agree. Um, but I just think if the show had been longer, like in length, or yeah. the Dan and Blair stuff had happened earlier yeah. in the series, it would have made more sense to me. Like if, I agree. If the Louie and Dan storylines were switched, like if they did yes. Dan and Blair in season four, yeah. or in season, yeah, in season four, and then Louie and, because yeah. you knew she was always going to end up with Chuck, but they made Dan fall too hard for yes. Blair like writing the book, basically a love letter to her. 
saying that Blair was the love of his life and doing all of this stuff and then 11 episodes later proposing to Serena. Just like, it doesn't actually, it doesn't coherently make sense. And I think it's just because that story happened too late in the series. If it would have happened, flip-flop those, I actually think that they would have both done better. I agree. I agree. Um, So I have a few, not a lot. I'm sure you, do you have more? No, that's it. Okay. So um, the parents meddling in the children's relationships was always for me. Like the captain trying to push Nate back together with Blair just so he could get work for Blair's mom. Mm -hmm. Like it just gave me like Riverdale took notes vibes. You know what I mean? Seriously. Yes. Um, Jenny's downfall of season two did not, it just like spiraled too fast, too far, too insane. Mm -hmm. And then it made it too hard for her to come back. Cause even when she was good in season three, people already hated her. Right, yeah. Like, it, it was un... Yeah. I think because the actress in real life went off kind of that Jenny route and was, like, not... I don't even know. Um, the Julia and takedown of Serena hated that. Yeah, just that was... So much. And then the fact that Serena dated the brother. Like, he that gets... That made literally no sense. He gets out of prison. Lily's on house arrest because she forged. He's in prison. He was in, in prison, prison because for three of years. Her. He was in prison for three years. Oh, never then date her. I was going to say this in earlier, but the pilot is one of the best episodes of the show. And the reason that I say that is because every single like thing that they say eventually gets wrapped up, right? Like, right. She's like, mom, nothing happened in boarding school. Yep. And you spend, and then it's not until season four that it's revealed what exactly Lily thinks happened in boarding school. Oh man. Yeah. So like, I do think they did a really good job of like, uh, they didn't start too many storylines that they couldn't finish. But yeah. That's it. And then the downfall of really of Rufus and Lily just like pissed me the fuck off because we finally get, and then their breakup just seemed so unnecessary. Like Bart came back from the dead and she's like, but he's my husband. And I'd be like, no, it was like a technical Rufus is your actual husband. They, and you didn't love Bart. Well, they just did that so that Dan and Serena could get together, which made no sense. They should not have gotten back together at that point. I kind of bought, okay, I'm going to be honest. I kind of bought, Dan and Serena getting back together after they both like left scorched earth around them. You know what I mean? Like Dan had started writing his, had done the book and had started writing shit. And so everyone was pissed at him. He had nobody left. And Serena had just pissed everyone else off because she's. They got married five years later. Everyone was tired of her shit. Well, I think them getting back together made sense until it was revealed that he was gossip girl. Then I was like, yeah. Well, and then up. for her to be like, it was a love story. I'm like, what fucking love stories Such are a you narcissist. reading? Yeah, she's um, so stupid. No, that's so stupid. I just, I just think we went through too much with Rufus and Lily for them to break up that way. It just, I agree. It just was irritating. So and then un- unnecessary. And then in season six, for him to be sleeping with Ivy and her to get oh back together with God. William, I'm like, William, faked I would have rather cancer. Lose- Rufus just go off the show at that point. I know. Well, I feel like as an actor, I'd be like, seriously, I have to sleep with this girl that I treated like a daughter last season? So Like, icky. I, I don't... So icky. Yeah. Okay. So, highlights. Stats. Highlights. Okay. They say a picture's worth a thousand words, but in this case, it seems like there's only three letters to adequately describe these pictures. O-M-G. I just love that one. <laughs> Okie dokie. My stats. Favorite characters is a five-way tie. <laughs> wow, Bethany, wow. Between Blair, Chuck, Cyrus, Dorota, and Cece. We have not talked about Dorota, but shout out to Dorota. We haven't talked about Cece either. Um, we also haven't talked about Cece, but um, Cece goes through like a whole tumultuous arc, but I just loved her character in the show. I didn't love her as a person. Obviously, like she was kind of like the evil 
icy queen grandmother to the evil ice queen mother. But I thought she was really dry. She was really funny. She did help out sometimes. Like, she was just, like, a nice older presence to the show that, like, always rounded things out. I think in a way that they didn't develop Serena's character at all, they spent a lot of time explaining the relationship between Lily and Cece. Yeah, which was interesting. Like, they did that whole backdoor pilot in season two where you get to see, like, Carol and Lily on the road. Yeah, and, I love and whatnot, that. Which, that would have been a cool TV show, too, but it didn't get picked up. I know, right? Um, Sorry. Then, favorite relationship. Well, least favorite character, Bart Bass. <laughs> you just like added that. To I did. Two years. I've never copied we, it over. We didn't, we didn't really talk about Bart, but all I want to say is I fucking hated Bart Bass. It doesn't mean I don't think he should have been on the show. He had to have been part of the show, but he was my least favorite character all the time. He was so scary, so evil. He also is the poster boy for toxic masculinity. Like yeah, him yeah. repeatedly just hammering it into Chuck that he didn't think Chuck was a man was right. soul crushing. Like I was like, Oh my God, how is Chuck even like as good as he is now? Right. Like, with a dad like that cramming that bullshit down your throat every second. Like of course Chuck is the way he is. Like Bart is the devil and thinks that like the way to be a man is to Never show emotions, never show weakness, lie to everyone all the time, like always put business first. Like his priorities are just so fucked up. And him, not only does he clearly think this and act this way, but him constantly putting Chuck down and just trying to crush Chuck and make him feel small is like, he's a shitty dad. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Are you okay? (laughs) No, I just really fucking hate. Like, because he is, he causes so many Bart. I hate Bart, and I actually Bart. don't think he needs to be on the show. Bart. Like, I don't I think that any of his yeah, story. Yeah, like it, Hiram. I mean, we it, just could have used less. I, this is my biggest pet peeve in all of teen drama land. Yeah, I agree. When I a agree. parent manipulates a child. Like, yes. when he gets... Dan to do his dirty work and some stuff. He yeah. gets um, Nate to do his dirty work and some stuff. He threatens, it's like... He has all of those, like, PI folders on Serena and Eric. It's like, yeah. I don't mind when adults are vicious to other adults. It's frustrating to watch, yeah. like, in teen dramas. But it's, like, not, like, it's the end of the world. It's worse when they start to But when they meddle the down, it's like, what is Nate supposed to do? Tell right. you no? Like, right. you just got out of, pr- like, it's stupid. just not. Um, also, I hate a faking your death storyline. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. Because then he came, and then it was it was just so, every storyline Bart was in, too, was, like, three steps unnecessarily confusing. Yes. Like, it was, like, it didn't need to be that hard, but they, like, added so much dialogue that it'd be like, wait, so the <laughs> Diana Payne actually works for Bart, but she also runs a brothel, but she works for I know. Nate's grandfather, because that's so how she got confusing. to the spectator. And so I'm, like, it's, like, they decided too late the same way they decided too late to make dan gossip girl that they wanted to bring bart back from the dead and so they just weaved him into the story that they had already been telling right well because they needed chuck to have an ultimate oh. thing to yes do. which i i understand in terms of like tropes yeah. that like until his but dad was couldn't dead, like, it have been jack i know i think jack would have been a more like a fairer fight 100%. I also l- love the idea. I didn't say this in my beat plots, but I love the idea that <laughs> Jack and Georgina are a couple. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't need to see it because it might actually be too toxic. But the idea that, like, I love they that. show up at Serena's wedding, yes, one, together. why? And two, <laughs> oh, together. Like, he's, like, playing with her hair and they're, like, flirty. 
Well, they kind of had like a moment. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Before they, in the limo, he's like, "Are you Georgina Sparks?" And she's like, "Who's asking?" Yeah, no, they definitely would have been like the most toxic yeah, power couple I in know, history of the world. For sure. Okay, um, favorite. My favorite relationship is Chuck and Blair. Mm-hmm. Favorite season is season two, senior year. Um, my favorite episode is. Again, a five-way tie. We've—I don't actually know what this episode is called, but the—I t- just call it the white party episode. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Season two, episode Season one. Season two, episode one. I think it was called like it's a—it's been a long summer or something like they that. They could have just called it the white party. Then, well, they're all I think song titles. Two twenty-four right? is no, Valley Girls. They're all references to stuff. Yeah. Um, two twenty-four Valley Girls, which is prom and uh-huh. also the flashback. So, wow, what a power episode. Then. 225, the very next one, which is Goodbye Gossip Girl. Then 317, which is Inglorious Bastards, which we've discussed the whole hotel <laughs> issue. The whole training it's a, her for a hotel. It's a really good episode, though, because that's also the episode where Serena hosts the surprise birthday party for Nate. Yeah, they the play assassin. assassin. Um, so both both plots are really strong. And then um, – I think my if I really did have to just pick one, it would be 422, The Wrong Goodbye, which I mentioned earlier is the one where Chuck saves Blair's life and they go to the bar mitzvah, crash mm-hmm. a bar mitzvah, and yada, yada. Um, fabulous acting by everyone in the uh, episode. And then I also did, like I mentioned earlier, enjoy Blair's wedding, which is 513. Yes, great, great. So her going through that wedding is still, I mean, I know I've said it on this podcast, but every time I think about it, I just think... I picture her crying in that dress mm-hmm. and I can't believe she walked down the aisle. Do you know, know what I mean? Like I, she went twice. She walked down the aisle twice. I just can't believe it. Like the drama happened in the middle of the ceremony. The only payout that I get for them actually going through with the wedding is because when her and Chuck actually get married and Chuck's like, you deserve more of yes. this, da, 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 all this stuff. And she's, she's like, like, I did. I it. have already had a princess wedding. There was right. enough peony, which, um, to me, that's not the same thing, but I do think for no, the, but it the way that their iconic, like on the go wedding, yes, was so able. Iconic. They were able to do. Um, they were able to make that more memorable than her actual wedding because she had already had the actual wedding. Yes, and her because if she hadn't, it would have been unbelievable. Dress. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. Right? No, I totally agree. They had to set that up the way. Otherwise, we would all want Chuck and Blair's perfect wedding. Yeah, that blue dress was mm-hmm. so gorgeous. Oh I don't God. love his white suit. With it. I hate that, and no. I don't get if it's fashion. I think it's, like it's supposed to be fashion. Pale um, pink shoes. It's a little prom. Yeah. prom. But he needed to stand out from the other guys that were in suits. And it was like, he's in a black suit all the other times. Yeah. I mean, it, I didn't notice it until I watched it today and thought, because yeah. sometimes I'll see things and I'll text, choice. I'll text my sister and be like, is this fashion? Yeah. Because I don't like it. It could have been cut differently, but yeah, it, um, it was... But it and it matched her. It was I know sweet. it matched her, but it felt so riding. prommy. Yeah, I agree. Because no, it matched. But anyway, totally. I don't actually know how good a dark a dark suit would look next to that blue dress. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. But um, brown could have been nice. Yeah. All right. Um, Let me go into my stats. Your stats. Let's hear them. My favorite character is Blair. Yep. My favorite relationship is Blair and D- Dorota, mm, with yeah. an honorable mention of Chuck and Lily. Yes. They had a really good, I talk about it. Love their relationship. I talked about it on my Instagram, which only, you know, well, actually maybe all of our listeners have seen because yeah. <laughs> shout out to anybody who can see my Instagram. But um, the OC and Goss Girl both do a really good job of like unconventional mother-son 
right. relationships. Uh, well, at one point, Chuck says that he's like, she's the mother who chose me. Yes. So and sweet. when he when she gives that speech about like unconditional love, that's what convinces him that he could like be with Blair. Yeah. Without yeah. whatever. 100%. And so I do oh, want her kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like, you won't understand until you're a parent. Yeah. And then, okay. I am convinced every single friend that I know who has been in a relationship with a guy who treats her like shit. Yep. Is because they thought Chuck and Blair were the perfect couple. Sure. They have great chemistry. They're legit the best actors on the damn show. Yeah. Which sells the romance a lot. Like, I'm not saying that's no. not there, but they're so toxic. And if you're willing to ask for three words and eight letters, mm-hmm. and that's it, we're putting the bar on the floor for, like, our average men yeah. who can't buy us, like, jets, jets and, and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can be an asshole like this if you can buy me a jet. Otherwise, you need to be a fucking man. And, yeah. Like, Cause Tell also, me your feelings. What I remember in rewatching it, I, re- I remember the three, wed- three words, eight letters, say it, and I'm yours, and he yeah. doesn't say it. What I had forgotten is that he didn't say it. You know what I mean? Because like, it ends, it like is the, I just had forgotten that it doesn't say it. I also did, forgot that they'd only been dating like a month. So I don't actually At the know. White why, party? Yeah, yeah. I don't actually know why she expected like the full I love you that early. Yeah, um, I don't know. Because well, she said it and she was feeling vulnerable. Yeah, but, it, and then it just bothers me that they like, but I have had a lot of friends who, you're not one of them, but I've had a lot of friends who've dated guys who, like, give them the bare minimum, and then it's, like, we'll be talking about TV, and they're, like, oh, my favorite couple, couple is Chuck and Blair, and I'll be, like, okay, so <laughs> I think we need to, like, examine that, because <laughs> saying I love you is a sweet romantic gesture, but that shouldn't be the only thing you're wanting out of a relationship. Yeah, like, you should be getting other things, and yeah. not this, like, whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, no, Chuck and Blair are, like, iconic, amazing TV couple. Yes. Not something you should Sh- want to be. You shouldn't want to replicate it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, in any way other than the fashion. Yes, because I, I just think there are so many girls, especially, like, in our age range. Yeah, I know that, sure. We um, have a very fucked up view of what a healthy relationship is supposed to be because of our TV shows. Right, well, and even, like, if let's you think play, back to, like... shows. <laughs> well, if you think back to, like, Sex and the City, like, Carrie oh and Big are also, God. like... They're, they're, like, the beginning of Chuck, the and, original. Yeah, Chuck yeah. and Blair. They're the original toxic relationship. Yeah, and so it's, like, you're, like, you want a bit... It's, like, no, you want the Aidens. You want the Nates. Yep, like, come yep, on, yep. ladies. I like, know, I know. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, they are the original. I mean, I guess toxic those guys have to get love, too, but, like, not from my friends who I have to hear no, about it all the time. Yeah. My favorite season is one, but I do... I will tell you, I have soft spot for five. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't know. It it took me it's by surprise. Chuck's nice in that season. And <laughs> I do think Blair's planning a royal wedding. Yeah, it's just fun. And I Serena's enjoy. not dating anybody, uh-huh. so she's less terrible. And I do think the like Ivy stuff was kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, that was fun. Rufus and Lily were together. Like yep. Georgina was funny when she came back. Yes. Nate was like had a storyline with the spectator. Right? But I do. I think one is just Jenny like, was gone. Yeah. <laughs> One is just peak teen drama with, like, the yeah. kiss on the lips parties and the sleepovers also, and all of that let's stuff. let's just note, one of my favorite things about Gossip Girl and one of my favorite reasons when I was watching it the first time, particularly I remember loving, is that every single episode has a party. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> they do. It's amazing. Okay. My favorite episode, and I took a few notes that I will go through very quickly, yeah. is season two, episode 25. The goodbye Gossip yep. Girl episode. Yep. So Nate being a class whore and then having to tell his grandfather that he slept with a married woman who paid him. And his grandfather gave him no response. was just like <laughs> peak Nate. Because whatever he got called the whore, I didn't watch any other episodes. So I just forgot that happened. Like I just completely forgot. Um, when the Gossip Girl blast goes off and Dan gets called insider and yeah. Serena's irrelevant and they're both like so offended. Yes. Like Serena like takes all like Serena reminds me of a real housewife where it's like What's being said about you is not that bad, but you're making it a big deal to give yourself story. Right. Yes. Serena would do really well in The Real Housewives. <laughs> For um, 
Serena wearing her tassel in her hair, iconic, yep. dumb, whatever. Okay, so they're trying to figure out who Gossip Girl is, and I firmly believe that this is how the show should have ended. Like, I completely agree. It's out. It truly is all of them. Like just because, yeah. And I'm not saying that Dan. I'm not getting Dan off the hook for this, but like if all he did was really publish them right. and like wait till the opportune times, yeah, then that's shitty. But like he wasn't going out and like spying on these people. Like he was getting them. Right. No, it's the tips. They all are Gossip Girl, and that's the lesson. And I can't believe they did it so soon. Yeah, all of the Gossip Girl gossiping blasts going off was iconic and also yes. such a great way to start season three. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so they're trying to figure out who. Um, <laughs> they're trying to figure out who Gossip Girl is. And Nate says, or Chuck says, if she's a senior, she's in the room right now, literally seconds after Dan left the room. So I think this is when they were starting to like put seedlings think, out there yeah. that maybe Dan well, and could he be he was it. the first one that came to the bar. Because Nate says, Dan is Gossip Girl. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, ha, ha, I was just here to see Serena and talk to her. Rufus and Lily finally get engaged in this episode. Jenny finally becomes queen and has a sweet mo- moment with Blair. Um... I can't get over how young Chuck looks in this episode. I guess I wrote that down. <laughs> and then Chuck and Blair. You yeah. shouldn't, I literally wrote, you shouldn't have to beg a guy to love you. This is not romantic. This felt toxic. Yeah, no, they're, it's, this is. <laughs> Sorry, this, I'm like beating this, it over the head. They're toxic as shit but um, when they're in high school, for sure. I am leading into our big reveal. Okay. Do you remember where, <laughs> do you remember where you were? Where were you? It's like RJFK. Out? Where were you when you found out Dan was Gossip Girl? I am not comparing so this, this to the assassination. 2011 or 12? 12? 12. I was in 12. I was in college. Sophomore in college. And I, so I'm sure we watched it at Cayo. I'm sure we all sat down and watched it together um, in our like upstairs living room um, with all the girls. Um, and I'm sure we were screaming the entire fucking episode <laughs> yeah. about everything because they really pack so much into this episode. But the Dan being Gossip Girl reveal. I just write, there's no fucking way. Um, so as we've mentioned several times, repeatedly, including during the pilot, we see Dan reading Gossip Girl alone and being shocked by what was posted, which if he posted it, he wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it often actually wrecks his life in those first couple of seasons. Like it really fucks shit up for him or Serena in really bad ways several times so it just doesn't track that he would be so destructive self-destructive I think um but especially with the love child because Gossip Girl reported on that and he didn't know like it just didn't really it seemed like Gossip Girl was breaking the news on that well and so I will say the most confusing Gossip Girl reveal useful information is like how did Gossip Girl know where Juliet was when she drugged Serena and they like went to that small town and like Gossip Girl like helped like that to me was the moment where I was like Gossip Girl is a Google right like I don't understand Um, like that to me was the the, like most like cop-out excuse of using Gossip Girl right I um I mean we've pretty we've really talked pretty much about everything that I that I have to say about it um it just and I actually before the show, we talked about what we what we think they should have done differently, mm-hmm. and I'm good with just defaulting, like the because re- like everything else I have to say about Dan being Gossip Girl has to do with what they should have done instead. Well, so I can just talk about it later. But 
what do you have to say about this? I what, just, what was you, where were you when Gossip Girl, <laughs> when you found out, did you tune in? Cause you stopped watching. So I had stopped watching, right. but I watched 90210. Um, so that was on right before. So okay. I did, or it was on after either way I did watch it. And I've had, I've watched that episode three times now in the past eight years. And every time I've had the same reaction and every time it catches me off guard, I just start saying to out loud, this is so dumb. Yeah, it's this so This is stupid. so dumb. Well, and I know you've already mentioned it, but let's reiterate, Serena saying it's a love letter to all of them is literally full bullshit. I know. And like Blair is the only one who gives them a hard time. And it's like, Chuck should have done, like, it just doesn't. And like, like, I know Nate got like the big exclusive for a story. I do also love that like Nate's, last three episodes are like him and his like teen girlfriend being like we should figure out who gossip girl is like it it literally doesn't don't figure it out no dan i just also think it's funny that he's like we're about to figure it out and then dan's like here you go (laughs) like gives him the story i know i i think i would have actually been fine with the gossip girl reveal if they would have not had him get back together with anybody yeah, like if, yeah, Dan, if right. the show would have just ended in that room, easily stomached, or that the show would have ended like them all sitting in that room being like, "Oh, so now what?" type right. of thing, and yeah. then it it do a Gossip Girl voiceover with what it kind of did at the end, where it was like, "There's always yeah, yeah, yeah," because it's true, right? Like that's not even right. if your school doesn't have a Gossip Girl, there is gossip that is yeah. not right, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, Everybody participates. Everyone in gossip, yeah, right. and so I think that they should have just like panned out. Yeah, done this and called it a day. I yeah. don't think, and it's like coming from shock a shock finale ending. I would have been much would have preferred that. I am an OG Dan and Serena fan, and even sure. I couldn't no. stomach their marriage. No, not even the slightest. Although you should say the thing you texted me about. Um, we broke all of our rules for this episode. Oh my god, you guys! Well, we've talked about Gossip Girl for like ten hours before we got on <laughs> the recording. Mic. Like we've talked so much about this show this for the past like two weeks. Um, you texted me about hold on, I'm looking at my about Goss- Dan being Gossip Girl J- today. Like just I know, I'm got looking over here. the mainly so, about like how re- it's ruined rewatching. Okay, so I but like the whole thing I think is valuable. Yeah, I'm gonna to read hear. these, which I so it's from a blog that I had to like literally deep dive through the internet that Karina McKenzie, who um, has worked on a bunch of other shows, did when she was still a TV writer. And she wrote um, about the Gossip Girl reveal. In other words, they didn't begin the series with the concrete plan that Dan would one day be revealed to be Gossip Girl. This is painfully obvious at the point to any longtime fan. There are just too many moments where Dan could not or would not have blogged what Gossip Girl blogged. But the logistics aren't necessarily the real problem with this reveal. If it had made sense for Dan as a character and for the people around him, we would we'd have forgiven the occasional he wouldn't have been blogging then because he was standing at the at the church at Blair's wedding moment revealing gossip girl's identity in the finale was the equivalent of pulling out the last block in a game of Jenga the block that you didn't realize was holding the entire structure together the block that makes everything come crashing down because now even those Hallison Hallison season one days have been sullied we can't go back and watch those DVDs and enjoy them the way we once could we'll not only be picking the out plot holes, but we'll also be aware that Dan is the villain, not a writer, not a keen observer, not a kid who wants to be accepted. He was a villain and that stinks because I really liked him back then. It's so true. It like Dan becomes a villain because of it. Uh-huh. And I do think it makes it hard to... It like the worst villain, way worse than even Chuck because at least we all knew what Chuck's shit was. Yeah, I think that what... And what, the plot hole thing also is makes it impossible to rewatch. It is hard to rewatch too. And like, I even did it when we watched a few episodes together last week, because it's hard to watch it and be like, okay, so is Dan gossip. It's like, you're trying to figure out who at that moment is gossip girl. Because the only time that gossip girl to me 
the function of Gossip Girl was important, or not important, but like an interesting story plot was when Serena had it because you know you knew who had it, right? And when Georgina had it because right. you knew who was pulling the strings, the yeah. strings. But when it's like some om like this, when it's an omniscient narrator, it's more just like to keep the story flow going. Yeah, I just think that they, I never needed to know who it was. Uh, and one of the things that she said in this article, and we'll put it up on the on the website, is that. Um, she was like, I always thought it was interesting that the marketing for the show was who is Gossip Girl because I don't care. No. Like, I never cared who Gossip Girl was. No, they shouldn't have focused so much on that. I will say her last line of the entire article says, at least Nate came out of this unscathed. Unfortunately, we all stopped caring about Nate years ago. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Um, Okay, so are we done with this? Ready for Spotted S ready to spill the beans on her single best scene. <laughs> okay, dokie. My single best scene is from The Debarted, which is season three, episode 12. It's the mid season finale. It's another car crash. There's another repeat plot. <laughs> um, Chuck. So this is Chuck on the anniversary of Bart's death. Bart actually died. I believe the season before. And so this is his anniversary. Serena's in a car crash this time. This is the one where she and Trip. This are is the Serena incident. Serena incident. That's right. Um, but the scene is towards the end of the episode, or maybe dead last. I don't know. But uh, there, everyone's descends upon the hospital to check on Serena, I guess. And, Chuck is walking down the hall and this scene is better watched. So we're going to put a link in the notes. Go ahead and go watch it. <laughs> Get yourself a treat and go watch this episode. Um, so he walks down the hall and then kind of like collapses a little bit mm-hmm. um, into the side of the hall and late or Blair, you know, is right there with him and they're both sitting on the floor of this hospital and he kind of has a breakthrough breakdown moment and she's there Blair's there saying not only is he she just like physically there for him but she's actually receptive to what he's saying and then also like reflecting like he's saying exactly what he needs to hear that you know, so it's like positive affirmation of expressing your feelings, mm-hmm. which, you know, Chuck really needed. And it's really mature of Blair to be able to be there for him in this moment, which is like super, you know, amazing for both of them. And, you know, this is Blair's opportunity to like, quote unquote, rescue him a little bit. Like, whereas it always, you know, like we mentioned, Chuck always seems to be trying to solve Blair's problems for her, but, um, or, you know, solve them behind the scenes. But this is her being able to show, show up for Chuck in a way that she hasn't yet really and she's being his rock and um he's being super raw and emotional and so it's just like a really and of course Leighton and Ed like play this scene so beautifully like with so much depth and it's just a really beautiful scene there's no schemes um and it just it sorry it just proves that there are more than their schemes more than wanting to be a power couple that they are genuinely better together and have the potential to actually make it in the long haul if they're able to communicate well about like hard, heavy emotional things like this. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with everything you're saying. I remember watching that episode and thinking, shit, they really are the best actors. Yep. Like that's what the scene that solidified for me, how strong they were together. Yes, I agree. Cause like up until this point, 
in high school and stuff. It was just like so fluffy. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're just all blinded by Blake's beauty that we like yep. don't actually acknowledge that she's not a good actor. No, she's not. And I think I think Blake gets bored with the character in the middle of season three and just Stops. says lines. Well, for she's the like rest dating of the Leonardo DiCaprio I mean, in real yeah, life. She's like, she's I don't give like, a shit about this anymore. Yeah. I mean, to her credit, it's not like the writers gave her much of a plot to like I don't grow think she into. Was, but I don't. I don't think she's that dynamic of an actress anyway. No, like we. we Offline, we did already mention that she is more famous than her ability now. Yes. Right? Like, right. she's so famous, but, like, isn't maybe... She's not famous for her work. For she's her work. just become... Because she's beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of like Serena. Like, she's kind of become... Yes. Which, this show continues to be meta. <laughs> Sophie and I have talked about Gossip Girl, like, probably once every five months since it aired in 2008. Yeah. So like, as, this is like, as has everyone. <laughs> yeah, so this is just constantly in our repertoire. And like a few months ago, we were talking on the phone. Like, I mean, I don't even know what a few months ago now is. It's all relative. Maybe it was last year. Shit, who I don't knows? know. But we were talking about actors who started on teen shows that don't actually have the ability to act. So like they, yes. there are some like- Like got so, cast young and it's like, oh. Yeah, and then it's like, now we're just like supposed to believe that they can act when in reality, like- they can't necessarily. <laughs> no. And so I think. Or they can just do the one thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of teen stars kind of fall into this category because when you get famous at like 17, 18, 19, like Alexis Bledel didn't act before Rory and then she just kind of became Rory. And so I, I don't necessarily think, and I think Blake's the same way where it's like some people get lucky and like there's like the latents of the world who mm-hmm. like can go into whatever character and actually sell the shit yeah. out of it and then i i just don't think blake no. like she's fun with like the campy you can't movies have it all and she's got blonde blonde bombshell beauty yeah so <laughs> i'll go into my single best scene okay. instead of railing on someone that I, I really like blake lively i just don't no i love her want to be here but you know her movies, maybe not the best actress no but um a simple favor favor was really fun and campy oh i never saw it you would like it it's yeah. on hbo oh cool um, okay, so my single best scene, and I think you have a clip of it, is from season five, episode six. And I'm going to do just like a little bit of synopsis why, and then you can play it. Okay. So this is the scene that I had been waiting for pretty much since I met Chuck in season one. So he takes yeah. ownership for everything. He is a wonderful- It's one, a scene a, I've been waiting for my whole fucking life. <laughs> yeah. He finally apologizes for all of his mistakes. He owns them from the small ones to the large ones, which he did sell her for a hotel. Um, it was such a growth moment and a turning point to where I thought it might be okay for them to get back together. And it's like unprompted. Yeah. Like, he, like, yes. he just shows up. It's like after the reveal, I think that she's pregnant. Um, and they're like at a party. Yeah. Um, but this scene is the, with the genuine work that Chuck has accomplished in mm-hmm. season five. Like we've seen him doing it and whatever. And like I said, this is literally the only reason why I'm happy that him and Blair ended up together because we got to see. We got this. Yeah. And like two of the moments that like, I um, I think needed to be said. One was the, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you I loved you when I knew it. Because obviously I've brought that up like six times. Do you want me that to just bothered me. Oh no, you going to keep saying Yeah, things? and then okay. I just have one more. And yeah, then yeah. finally him saying, starting tonight, I'm going to start taking care of myself. That was amazing. It was amazing. It was gross. It was self-aware. And progressive, yes. I didn't know that he knew that she was taking care of him. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, I didn't know that he was aware enough yeah. to know that he did it. And then at the very end of the scene, which I'm sure you don't have, he leaves that di- he leaves the Harry Winston ring, and you kind of can see him genuinely. Well, yeah, that, ex- it's just there's no audio. No, yeah, you just see him accepting for the first time. Yeah, that this is like it's her choice. letting her go, like, letting yeah, her yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, let's play the clip now, so y'all okay. can hear what I'm talking about. It's such a good clip. And, and the music's song. gorgeous. I yeah, I know. 
What are you doing here? I, I don't have the energy to rehash tonight's hysterics. I think you should leave. I'm not here to apologize about what happened tonight. Then what are you here to apologize for? Everything else. Finally. I'm sorry for losing my temper the night you told me that we proposed to you. I'm sorry for not waiting longer at the Empire State Building. I'm sorry for treating you like property. I'm sorry... I didn't tell you I loved you when I knew I did. Most of all, I'm sorry that I give up on us. And you never did. Wow, what a beautiful scene. God, his voice is so hot. I also think that, like, so as an audience member, so <laughs> suspending real, like, let's pretend that these are real people for just, like, a quick second for this, whatever. Let's. So as an audience member, I think we were wanting the apology for, like, him treating her like property, but it almost seemed like watching Two it seasons ago, for yeah. her, the part that she needed the most like acknowledgement of that she wasn't crazy. And also the biggest apology for was the, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you I loved yes. you when I meant it. Like yes, that yes, was, yes, yes, I yes. think the thing to her, I think she knew immediately after he did it, that he didn't want to sell her. You know what I mean? Like that, yes, like he, applied, I agree. Uh, that was like the most, and this is why I texted you when we were talking about it. Like, I wish they would have just had her, him cheat on her. Like, I yeah. don't know why it had to be so big because they were always going to forgive it. It was far. just two steps too yeah. far. And it like, it made it so like, if he would have just slept with Jenny, right? then that it would have been, been not it, enough. they still would have been broken up for the season and a half. Like, I don't think anything would have changed. No, it just wouldn't have been so big. So bad. For it to be like, I, I can't believe you had to apologize for treating her like property. Yeah. So I do think that this, that's why I think the sweetest Which moment. you can, like, women have been treated like property for far less than trading for a whole hotel. So, just saying. <laughs> sure, let's just point out all of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Misogyny I. is bad. Women are in property. <laughs> I, um, whenever I texted you, like, when we first started to, like, even think about doing the podcast, I was like, we have to do Gossip Girl because I want to talk about this scene. Yeah. Like it was like, this was the, this was the only thing I had in my notes for like it's two so months. It's so gorgeous. And the, <laughs> the music is so beautiful. And like, it's even shot really beautifully. Like they're in like low lighting at Blair's apartment and, um, there's nobody else around and it's just like really calm. And Chuck is just really confident in this scene. And she's like, well, she says, thank you. And, and he leaves. I mean, and he, yeah, leaves. And that's he doesn't basically expect it. anything. He's like, you'll be a, and she's like, I hope something about like love like her looking for the best in people and he's like well that's why you're gonna be a great mother Mom, yeah and, and she's like okay and he's like all right well I'm gonna leave bye and just leaves yeah it um like it's so it was the first time in uh seasons one through four so I'm discounting five but in season one through four where what Chuck was doing didn't seem performative yes whether he was being performatively bad or seductive or right. in love like everything he wasn't playing a game no. I agree. And also he, like you've pointed out a few times, your favorite episode, like him, like letting her go to Louie, like, yep. and even rewatching it, like the episode where Louie, like she like wants to make him good again. And like asking Chuck, like what, like he, his like need, And I think that's probably why we love season five. Like you said yeah. it, like his need to make Blair happy at mm -hmm. his own cost. Yes. 
doesn't necessarily make up for the actions that he has done in the past, but it's definitely a good start. <laughs> it's it's a good start, and it's it's on the track of redemption. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We wanted we. That's the thing. We're rooting. Not that Chuck is an underdog, but this whole time we're rooting for him to be better. Like mm-hmm. you know, be better for Blair, be better for himself, whatever. Just and so this is all just like part of that growth. One hundred percent. We like yeah. love to see. Um. So we haven't yet. Um on the podcast done a show that is so far um wrapped up like it the show wrapped in 2012 and we also haven't been a show that is so highly talked about still right. as well even though it is over so i mean there just aren't that many shows that are still so talked about gossip girl second in the city friends um Which seinfeld it- there's just like a handful of shows that seem to keep popping up in pop culture. It is interesting to me that Gossip Girl, and I think there's a few factors why it stood the test of time in this way. I think one is it's the length. Sorry, I cut you off mid sentence. No. Um, like I think one, it's like the perfect length to teen drama, right? Like it's not like a Beverly Hills 90210 or a One Tree Hill or whatever, where it's going to be like nine or 10 episodes. And you're like, I'm not going to watch 300 episodes of this but like I know people like on the internet I don't know them personally that will like finish the Gossip Girl finale and start it over again like it right and also like with streaming with streaming I do think it's like the perfect bingeable show because like we've said there's some frustrating things like you said season five feels slow as molasses but you watch season five and six in three days I don't know about three days okay was that your house three it was at your house I did watch the whole thing I was at your house Um, on Saturday it was just so maybe Blair's plot just felt like molasses because she seemed so no but I just think it is interesting to me that this has kind of like stayed like a time capsule but not it doesn't felt dated no I agree okay so we are going to discuss what we think the Gossip Girl writers should have done differently but for the sake of time we are going to actually cut it out of this episode and post it on our IGTV so if you want to hear that and you should head over to our Instagram account and listen to my overly detailed reimagined show arc for Gossip Girl. I do want to say just really quick um so this whole cast got moved out to they shot on location a lot mm-hmm. and they, looked, yeah. they are all about the same age and this thing started happening where the show had huge success pretty quickly and a lot of the kids on the show already had some star power like Blake Lively and Penn Badgley and they started to be covered in the media like Gossip Girl I know like in people like you know in style or whatever would say would when they were talking about you know Blake Lively they would say spotted you know Blake, Blake Lively, Lively yeah. blah 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 and it just became so meta and I think they did it on purpose like the show wanted them to be covered right the show wanted right, them to be in right. front of the press they you know because they wanted their show to be successful but I just think it's so ironic meta whatever that they became like the show became them like it all started like no wonder they were all so sick of it towards the end because who could live this way but you know it just it seemed like a fun cast to be a part of at the beginning and running around New York together and being covered and getting all the perks that their character their fictional characters that they were playing were getting and you know Ed and Chase lived together and Leighton was friends with them Jessica Zor was friends with them um 
Blake was always doing her own thing, of course. No surprise there. It just, I just thought that was an interesting note that unlike any other show, which is part of the reason why I think we still talk about it, is that it was just so totally ingrained in the culture in a way that I don't know about a show since. And like in real time, that's the thing, right? Like it was real time relevant and created fashion trends and, you know, all kinds of things. And it just was interesting how this show just played perfectly into that. I know one of the notes that I wrote on um, the articles that we read was, I was like, all the Gossip World coverage is so damn snarky. Mm-hmm. Was this the times or was it just like the vibe of the show gave right. journalists permission mm-hmm. to... Because it's like a guilty pleasure show is what it was framed as, right? Right. And the only other example, I know that this probably happens a lot, but the only other example I can think of is Gina Rodriguez when she was doing press for Jane the Virgin, mm-hmm. which is a cute little show if anybody hasn't seen it. But she would say, like, I don't know why I get asked questions about my virginity because I'm playing a character right. who's not. It's like she was like, it, I feel like they've opened up a door that feels like they can ask me about my personal life because of a character right. that I'm playing. And so I feel like a little bit Gossip Girl paved the way mm-hmm. for it. And I also think it was just like the the first iPhone, like Blake bought the first iPhone for Pitt. Right. Like Twitter was, you know, like all mm-hmm. of these things like really took flight right at the same time right. of this. It was like just the perfect. Layton getting asked if she likes fashion on red carpets. <laughs> like, yeah, all kinds of things. Right. It was just like the perfect, yeah. like perfect storm, storm <laughs> of, of everything. Yeah. Cause it's insane <laughs> reading the, like at the time when they uh-huh. wrote stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay. Um, your recommendation of the week. Okay. Is one of the cast members Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> is it one of the children? Like, is it one of the people? Kelly Rutherford who plays Lily. Oh, the mom. Yeah. The mom actually looks somehow younger than she did even on the show 10 years ago. And her Instagram is just like, I just started following her this week and it's really delightful. Like she kind of gives like Gwyneth Paltrow vibes without it being preachy. She's not selling anything. Yeah. Um, but it's just like really nice like light aesthetics and sometimes it's a picture of her or like a quote or something and I don't normally go for that kind of thing but it just seems like every time her a picture she posts posts up on my feed I'm like oh so nice like I don't know she's just like a little sunshine ray of a follow so mine's like the complete opposite okay mine is an HBO docuseries called All Be Gone in the Dark about the Golden State Killer Mm. it's all done the finale was um last week it is one of the best. I like. I watched it live. Mm-hmm. I mean, great. It's HBO, so there's no commercials. Um, but I would like sit in front of my TV and just like wait for nine o'clock so that I could watch <laughs> it. So if you have any interest in Golden State Killer or Michelle McNamara, I highly recommend that podcast on each or that um, docu series on HBO. Yeah. All right. Well, that um, that yeah. I guess that's that wraps it, it up. I, I can't believe all of you guys. If you're still here listening, um, that's incredible. Um, good for you. Thank you for. Um, sticking with us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You know, you, know you love, love us. XOXO, Gossip Girl. <laughs> this podcast is produced by myself, Sophie Orlich, with help from Jake Orlich. No relation. Maddie Line is my favorite co host, and our lovely theme song is by Chandler Reeves. For news and updates, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at singlebestscene or check out our website at singlebestscene.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, and especially if you're one of our actual friends, make sure you're subscribed to the pod and drop us a five-star review. We deserve it. Autoplay next episode.